Hey everyone, this is the Ready for the Draft podcast. I'm your host, Greg Schutz, readyforthedraft.com, episode 18, part two of the underclassmen edition. Also want to go ahead and take a look at the Senior Bowl, who made an impact there, who is, uh, you know, left a little bit on the table, left some more questions. Um, want to go ahead and get into all of that. Um, if you've listened to the last couple of uh, episodes, I've uh, been dealing with uh, a, a torn Achilles, uh, back up, walking on this uh, with a, a boot, have a, about a two and a two and a quarter inch riser there in the heel right now, but uh, getting around, Achilles still nice and swollen, but uh, I'm able to walk on it, that's supposed to help with the healing process, so fingers crossed, uh, you know, in a couple of days we'll be able to drop that, uh, that two and a half riser down just a little bit, a little awkward trying to walk with that uh, riser on, on my right leg. So just kind of a little off balance a little bit. But uh, other than that, everything's going well. Able to catch up on uh, quite a bit of uh, the, the draft process, uh, being able to to catch up on some of my games that I still have uh, to, to tune into and uh, also able to tune in and, and watch the Senior Bowl, watch some of the Senior Bowl practices as well. Um, so happy about that. Uh, so the underclassmen kind of take you know picking up where we left off in episode 17 got through the first 50 plus uh underclassmen got from you know just going alphabetically by school got from alabama all the way down to kentucky uh so we've got a little over 80 underclassmen that we do want to touch on want to make sure that i talk about every single one of these underclassmen give you my take uh in, in terms of you know, what that looks like with the NFL draft landscape. Also wanted to see kind of what it looks like for, for each of those programs, um, you know, especially when, you know, you have a team like Alabama losing seven players, even though it is Alabama, even though they are re- retooling, what does that really look like for them? Uh, we talked about that uh, last time. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. Like I said, we got 80-plus players to cover uh, in a little over an hour, so I want to make sure that we get this taken care of, uh, if you will. So the first first team that we're going to be looking at is, is LSU, You know the LSU Tigers, Ed Orgeron, um, you know, mostly on the defensive side of the football. In fact, all three players are on the defensive side, um, and really at all three levels of the defense. Uh, Ed Alexander... Uh, big number 99, 6'3", 331 pounds, um, you know, a big physical presence up front, um, you know, a guy who, you know, took over the starting spot there in the middle and, uh, you know, they happened to watch uh, the game against Alabama recently and, uh, you know, delivered a pretty good push up front, really able to drive Ross Pierschbacher back into the backfield uh, to a, uh, looked to scramble and he was able to spin off of that block and drop him for a sack. Thought that was excellent uh, mobility there for a guy his size. Um, you know he's he showed a little bit of that uh, you know ability to affect the passer, um, but primarily you know I, I think Ed, Ed Alexander is most li- more than likely going to be more of a, a run stopper, run stuffer. You know taking up multiple defenders, uh, allowing the linebackers to make plays. You want to know why Devin White has back to back. 100 tackle seasons for a lot of the guys up front, and Ed Alexander is one of those guys. I think he's going to be a mid-round pick, someone that's looking for a, a nose tackle, you know, especially in a 3-4. I think Ed Alexander would be able to to, uh, to fill a role there. Uh, speaking of Devin White, uh, the 6'1", 248-pounder, um, you know, a, a sideline-to-sideline player. You know, if you're looking for someone who's going to be this year's Roquan Smith, uh, it could be could very well be Devin White. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's 
He's a surefire top 10 pick, um, but I think he's going to definitely go in the top 15. Uh, like I said, you know, back-to-back, 100 tackle seasons, 133 uh, a season ago, 123 this year. Um, you know, <clears throat> uh, in his three seasons there in Death Valley, 28 and a half tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks. Um, you know, I, I think what really jumps out to you more than anything else are the instincts. Very quick to read, react, diagnose the plays, and uh, trust his eyes. And a lot of times, beating the ball carriers to uh, to where they want to go. Um, you know, in that Bama game, uh, he sat out the first half due to a targeting penalty the, you know, the second half of the previous game. Uh, but you saw him make an impact right away, eight tackles in one half. And one of the things that you saw was, you know, a run play to the outside and, uh, you know, he, he had the speed to get out there. Obviously he got blocked by, by Jonah Williams on that play, but the, the instincts being able to read the play, diagnose it, get out there, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, really had it not been for a block by Jonah Williams, he was right in position to make the play. Um, you know, similar, you know, you had a, a screenplay there to, uh, Damian Harris and he showed the ability. He was in the middle of the field, spying the quarterback, read the out route, able to make a quick break on the, on the football. And, uh, you know, ultimately it was only a three or four yard game. It was set up to potentially be a big gainer there for Bama. And, uh, you know, Devin White was able to close the door. I think he improved, uh, you know, as well, dropping in coverage, um, you know, now with, uh, with six pass breakups on the year, um, you know, just really a nose for the football, you know, three, three force fumbles, knows what to do when he arrives. Um, you know, he makes, makes those plays. I, I, you know, he's the leader of that defense really was the guy that set the tone and, um, you know, really the heartbeat of that, of that defense. You know, when you put on the game film, you're always looking for wherever number 40 was. You know, I thought there were a few times where, you know, he may have gotten fooled, got caught inside on, on some of the runs. Uh, but for the most part, you know, when you're talking about an athlete, he's a guy that can, can definitely cover the field sideline to sideline, you know, trust his eyes, like I said. And uh, to me, top 15 pick, no doubt. Now, when you're talking about the cornerback position, uh, I think it starts with with Greedy Williams. You know, six two, uh, 182 pounds. Look, you know, he's a he's a redshirt sophomore, and uh, you know, came in you know first year as a freshman, six interceptions and another ten pass breakups. Um, very long, athletic. Um, you know, and I think one of the things, not only is he able to, you know, he he has that rare ability, you know, being six two, being as tall as he is to stay low in his back pedal, uh, very quick hips, you know, very, uh, flexible with those hips, able to turn and run, um, effortlessly, you know, I, I think it was the Georgia game where, uh, you know, he was, uh, just excellent makeup speed. You know, I think Jake Fromm thought that he had a, an easy opening there on a post pass and, uh, the effortless ability to close the, the speed, the recovery and the ability to make a play on the football. He was able to go ahead, you know, get in front of the receiver, extend his arm out and really made it look easy and knock the football away. Uh, very difficult play. And like I said, he didn't make it look easy this year, even though, you know, people stayed, team stayed away from him, you know, for the most part, still two and interceptions and another nine pass breakups but I, I think that closing speed is something that you really look for is he going to be able to uh, make plays down the football field and you definitely see that you see the the length when when he attacks a football in the air very decisive I think he's a he's a decent um, open field tackler you know able to wrap up and, and not allow any yak um, so to me I look at Greedy Williams he has a chance to be a top five I don't think he gets out of the top ten 
So moving on to the Marshall Thundering Herd, uh, Malik Gant was a late addition to this this draft class. 6'2", 200-pound safety. Um, you know, he's a big kid, um, you know, patrolling the back end, you know, and, uh, you know, in his really two seasons um, as a starter there for uh, uh, Doc Holliday and, and company, you know, over 180 tackles. Um, so definitely a guy who can play in the box, you know, has the size to be able to do so, cover the field, um, sideline to sideline, 14 tackles for loss as well. Um, so he can affect the ball, you know, uh, behind the line of scrimmage and uh, over the top 13 pass breakups. To me, I, I look at Malik Gant, there are some safeties that are going to be be drafted ahead of him. But I, I do think, you know, he has a chance to, you know, depending on what he what he's timed again, 6'2", 200, there are a lot of guys that are his size. What are they going to do uh, at the combine in the individual workouts? You know, how stiff are those hips? You know, is he able to uh, to drive on the football? You know, is he able to get in and out of his cuts? Um, you know, that that's going to be a huge question mark. But when you're looking at that safety position, you've got Deontay Thompson, Taylor Rapp, uh, Nasir Adderley, uh, you know, Jonathan Abram. Chauncey Gardner at the top. Then you also have you know that that second tier uh, of Juan Thornhill, Will Harris, Marquise Blair, uh, Darnell Savage, Mike Edwards. Uh, you know there are a lot of safeties that are sitting there. Can he separate from them? You know, he has the size. There are a lot of guy, a lot of big safeties. The big question is going to be how stiff are those hips? Are they going to be able to drop in coverage? Are they going to be more of a guy that they see you know playing in the box? Um, you know, and I thought Malik Gant was able to show a little bit of that. Um, you know, of both there for for Marshall, and he was really that leader of the defense. When you're looking for somebody who's going to uh, take hold of a of a uh, a position group, I thought Malik Gant was able to do that. I think that's one thing that Doc Holliday is going to be looking for is a, a new leader in that secondary. So if we move from uh, from Marshall, we're going to go ahead and, and take a look at the Big Ten and, and Maryland. Byron Coward. Um, you know, and, and Byron Cowart was a gentleman who, uh, you know, had a chance, had eligibility left. And, and I did mention that there were nine um, players who inquired about their draft status. They're eligible for the draft, uh, decided not to come back for their final season. I want to go ahead and talk about some of these guys as we get to them. And, uh, you know, Byron Cowart is, is I, I, you know, the first one that we'll be talking about. And uh, Byron Cowart, look, former number one recruit uh, and was really had a slow 2015 you know, he was someone who just, you know, I think there was so much hype for him coming in at Auburn. Uh, 2016, he was beaten out by Marlon Davidson uh, and then left Auburn after just three games to, you know, to take classes at a junior college before transferring to Maryland. So, you know, it was one of those things. You look at his his play at Auburn, just 15 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss and a forced fumble. Not the type of expect, you know, not, you know, with all those expectations, not the, didn't really deliver on the hype. Um, when he transfers to, to Maryland, uh, you know, in his final season, you know, 38 tackles, five for loss, three sacks, two, uh, two interceptions. But what you have to like is, is the length. He's 6'4", 293 pounds. You know, I, I look at it as a guy who's going to be playing inside, um, you know, as a, a, a D tackle possibly, um, you know, in a, in a four or three, could he be a three, you know, a 34 outside or, uh, defensive end? Could he be a, a five technique? That's going to be a big question mark. Um, you know, I, I'm curious to see how he, ti- how he times, how he runs. Um, but he was a general, um, was someone who was invited to the senior bowl. You did see some flashes, uh, you know, of the burst, you saw flashes of the power. Um, you know, to me, I, I think if you kick him inside, you, you know, take advantage of 
some of that first step quickness and some of that length, um, you know, I, I think he might be able to, uh, you know, affect the passer. And, you know, I think he might be a better pro than, uh, than he showed in, in the college ranks. Still, I, I think, um, you know, the, you know, the, the shine of the, the you know the shiny new toy the 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 number one overall recruit I think that shines kind of um, you know worn off a little bit uh, to me I think Byron Coward um, you know really is a, is a day three prospect probably in in mid day three is when you're going to see him come off the board but again I think he could be a better pro than he was a collegiate player moving on to Memphis Memphis. You know, they have, you know, three running backs, you know, Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard, uh, Patrick Taylor. And, uh, you know, it was it was somewhat surprising to see Tony Pollard come out. Um, You know, he was a a player who, um, you know, and and I mentioned in the last podcast, you know, we had one hundred and three. Uh, underclassmen declare, you know, they forego further eligibility. And then we had 32 that fulfilled their, uh, their degree requirements and, uh, you know, ultimately threw their name into the, into the ring for, uh, for the draft. And Tony Pollard was one of those guys who'd already fulfilled his degree requirements, um, thus ultimately making him eligible for the draft. And then there was, uh, Patrick Taylor, you know, and Patrick Taylor was was the biggest of the three running backs, 6'3", 223 pounds, over 1,100 yards. Um, you know, he's coming back to Memphis. So in terms of what is the, you know, the, the fact that two out of the three running backs are gone, you know, I, I think they still are in good hands with Patrick Taylor running the football. Um, but, you know, the one that I haven't spoken about yet is is one of my favorite running backs in this draft class, and that's Daryl Henderson. You know, if you don't know the name just yet, um, you know, you, you should. And, and, you know, if you get a chance to watch any highlights from Memphis, definitely tune in. Uh, he was 10th in the Heisman, um, you know, was a uh, Doak Walker finalist, 5'9", 200 pounds, you know, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. But I don't think anyone was really expecting the explosion this year. Um, over 1,900 yards on the ground, uh, 22 touchdowns, another 19 receptions, um, 8.9 yards per carry, I think, was really what what is so staggering. And if you look at him over the course of his career, uh, 36 touchdowns on the ground over 3,500 yards 8.2 yards per carry you know very explosive back uh, 63 receptions as well so he was a receiver out of the backfield another eight touchdowns just a dynamic dynamic threat and really a guy you know every time the ball was in his hands he was a threat to go the distance I think he's very decisive uh, the acceleration to get from zero to 60 is is you know very fast you know he's at full speed within just a couple of steps uh, you see the vision you see the cutback ability for him as well runs with some power runs with attitude you know you're looking for for guys you know that that really run with attitude and I, I that's what I I, I see out of Daryl Henderson I have him rated as my number three running back I'm curious to see what he runs at the combine uh to me um he, he's someone that could very well move into you know the top couple of backs in the draft because when you have to visualize can he be a three down back is he going to be more of a change of pace guy and I think you know uh, Daryl Henderson is, is someone who could show the load, um, definitely not getting out of the second round, in my opinion. Now, Tony Pollard, you know, he's six feet, 206 pounds, um, you know, came to Memphis as a, as a receiver and, uh, you know, 
ultimately, you know, also a running back, uh, just 139 carries in his career, um, you know, 941 yards, 6.8 yards per carry, and, and nine touchdowns. But here's here's the deal with with Tony Pollard. He's definitely more of a a third down, change of pace type of a back, and definitely a return man. Um, you know, so you listen to this. You know, 104 receptions, over uh, nearly 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns, receiving the ball out of the backfield, excellent hands. Um, you know, and then the versatility doesn't stop there. Um, you know, 30.1 average, uh, you know, kick return, uh, over 2,600 total yards on 87, uh, kickoff returns, seven touchdowns. Now that's seven touchdowns ties an FBS record. Uh, to me, I, I look at Tony Pollard. I think of a guy like Naeem Hines. You know, Naeem Hines was was a lot smaller than, than Pollard is. You know, he was only you know five five nine, but you know converted receiver. Um, you know, and, and really was kind of a jack of all trades for for the Colts. And I look at Tony Pollard. You know, he's not going to be. You know, if you're taking uh, Naeem Hines and the Colts for example, he's not going to be Marlon Mack. But you don't need him to be Marlon Mack because you want him to be a guy like Naeem Hines. And I think that's what Tony Pollard. Going to be able to do. I think Tony Pollard is going to get drafted a lot higher than people expect. Um, you know, he's somebody who I think could be an early day three, uh, early day three guy. Um, you know, depending on what he runs at the combine, uh, but I think an early day three and a guy who's going to surprise some people out there on the football field. Miami Hurricanes. Now the Miami Hurricanes. You know, what's interesting here? Just three guys have declared for the draft. And I'm really happy uh, from the standpoint. I look at that linebacking core. They all came to uh, to Miami uh, to the U at the same time. You know, Shaq Quarterman to me. Um, you know, the heartbeat of that defense. You know, I look at him. You know, and, and for a long time, I just saw uh, you know Denzel Perryman. You know, a thumper coming downhill, uh, McKinney dropping into coverage. He proved me wrong there uh, this year. I thought he was really more of a complete linebacker. Glad that he's coming back for one more year, solidify himself as a potential first round pick. Um, you know, Michael Pinkney showing some range, and then Zach McLeod, um, you know, was you know really a steady performer for them as well. That linebacking core uh, sticking around for one more year, um, but uh, you know, two guys that that are coming uh, coming out and entering the draft: Joe Jackson, the defensive end, and, and Travis Homer, the running back. Now, now, Travis Homer really kind of burst onto the scene as a fill-in for, for Mark Walton when he went down with that ankle injury. 5'11", 195 pounds, um, you know, not much of a factor his freshman season, but uh, came in, like I said, 2017, nearly 1,000 yards on the ground, um, you know, really a, a guy who's averaged about six yards per carry throughout his career, eight touchdowns that season. Um, you know, once again, 2018, uh, 985 yards on the ground and uh, another four touchdowns, you know, 37 uh, receptions in his career as well. Uh, you know, a guy who who shared the backfield a little bit with DJ Dallas. Um, but to me, just a guy who, you know, he, he's not going to wow you. Um you know, he's just one of those guys who's going to be a, a steady performer. You know, I, I don't look at him and say, well, he's going to, you know, he's got the Jets to run by you. He's not a guy who's uh, who's going to overpower you necessarily, but he was a guy who just always got the job done. I think the individual workouts in the combine are really going to be crucial for him. To me, I, I look at him and I see a, a third day um, selection. You know, when you're looking at that running back position, it's very, it's loaded, um, you know, with a lot of, t- uh, lot of talent. You know, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Daryl Henderson, who I just mentioned, and, you know, as well as Tony Pollard, uh, Travion Williams, Rodney Anderson, Devin Singletary, uh, Damian Harris, Benny Snell, Miles Sanders, 
uh, Karan Higdon, uh, Reichwell Armstead, uh, Justice Hill, you know, Bryce Love, even, you know, a lot of guys, um, you know, and that's just off the top of my head. Um, you know, a lot of guys there at the running back position, you're really gonna have to differentiate yourself. And I just don't see that Travis Homer has any skill that's going to really set himself apart. So those individual workouts and the combine are really going to what's, uh, what's going to make a difference for him. Now, the flip side with Joe Jackson, defensive end, you know, 6'5", 258 pounds, and uh, you know, was really one of their, their, their stalwarts there up front, um, really getting to the quarterback, you know, making plays behind the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, 35 and a half tackles for loss, and, and 22 and a half sacks. You know, he, he was someone who uh, was consistently getting to the quarterback. He's, he's not, the, you know, not the most flexible, not the most bendy, I think a little stiff in it, stiffness in his hips, but you see the power. You see the power in his hands. You see the power with, with, you know, with the, way, uh, the way that he works coming off the edge, um, you know, the speed to power, um, you know, with, a, with a decent first step, able to get, in, get his hands inside and uh, you know, muscle the, the offensive lineman back, um, able to get off, off the blocks pretty well, has a, a motor that never quits. Um, to me, Joe Jackson has a chance to be a um, you know a late day two guy but to me I think he's one of those guys when you know this is such a deep draft with defensive ends and uh, defensive tackles that when you're looking at this class uh, you know if he can run a, a pretty decent uh, time in the 40 that'll help him really solidify himself at the back end of uh, of day two um, but I think he may very well fall to day three um, and be a fourth round pick. Uh, just based on the fact that there is so much talent on the defensive line. And if that's the case, someone's going to get a player who can get to the quarterback, you know, that's proven over the course of uh, of three seasons there at the U, and, uh, you know, a, a guy who, who just plays with a nonstop motor, nonstop effort. And I, I think that's something that, uh, you know, dev- definitely speaks well for him. Now, the final guy uh, coming out of Miami is Venzel Boulware. Uh, 6 3, 306 pounds, um, played at Tennessee, um, you know, in, in 2016, you know, um, played in seven games, started three, uh, transferred to Miami, and uh, in 2018, played in, in 13 games, uh, started six of them. Um, but I, I didn't really get a chance to watch uh, Venzel Boulware play. Um, you know, I, I'd have to um, pull out some of the game film to really, really get more of an impact there. But he was a guy, like I said, transferred from Tennessee to Miami, sat out 2017, um, and really got a chance to, to play there for the hurricanes. Um, you know, couldn't really make it on the field, you know, consistently. Um, and I think that's one of the things that teams are going to be wondering, you know, you transfer from Tennessee to Miami and, uh, you can't get on the field starting consistently. So that's going to be a big question mark for him. Which leads us now to Michigan, you know, the Wolverines, you know, and, and John Harbaugh, or I'm sorry, Jim Harbaugh. You know, you, you look at, uh, at at the Wolverines and, uh, you know, a disappointing end to to their season. I think a lot of people were expecting them to really challenge Ohio State for the Big Ten title, and that just didn't happen. And you look at at them, I think offensively with Shea Patterson coming back, you know, they have some guys in the backfield. Karan Higdon didn't play in the bowl game, and uh, that really gave you a good feel for what the running back core is going to look like. Uh, you've got True Wilson um, back there, Chris Evans. Um, so there are some tools there to work with. And then obviously the receiving core. You have to love the receiving core. Tarek Black, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And how about Nico, Nico Collins, a big bodied receiver really fun to watch um you know sean mccown a tight end um 
you know, so there, there's some talent coming back. Um, they are going to have to, uh, to find, uh, a couple of tackles, John Runyon and, uh, Juwan, um, Bushel Beatty, both leaving for the draft. Um, uh, but really defensively, you know, Don Brown's defense was consistently one of the top defenses in the country until they got smoked by, by, uh, Ohio state. Um, you know, but, you know, you, you're talking about losing a lot of guys at the same time. They, they've got, you know, Josh, jo, um, you know, Ross and, and Josh Uche and, uh, you know, Quiddy Pay, you know, a lot of guys up front. There are, you know, a lot of guys in the secondary as well, um, inside linebackers, outside linebackers. You know, the one thing, the guy that I think they're going to miss the most is Devin Bush. You know, 5'11", 233 pounds, the inside linebacker. This was a guy, you know, when he wasn't playing in the bowl game, you could see that the presence, you know, that they were really missing him. His presence is always felt on the interior of that line. Another another uh, inside linebacker trusts his eyes. He's going to be a top 15 pick. Look, he is undersized, but a guy, you know, he... he makes plays all over the football field. He can play in the box and and really, you know, shoot gaps, trust his eyes, can get outside, you know, and not only get outside, you know, to the perimeter, you can also shoot the gaps and come downhill. So he's not just a one-trick pony. You know, you see a lot of guys that can go sideline to sideline but aren't necessarily, you know, those thumpers coming downhill. You got other guys who can come downhill but they don't have the, um, you know, the hips that, you know, there's a lot of stiffness, not able to make those those cuts and, and cut laterally. And, and Devin Bush can do both. Um, you know, 172 tackles in his career. 18 and a half tackles for loss can also get to the quarterback 10 sacks. You know, that speaks to, you know, his timing, his ability to, to shoot the gaps and, and, you know, affect the passer, uh, 11 pass breakups as well. You know, so, you know, he trusts the eyes. Like I said, the quarterback usually takes him to the football, um, you know, reads the routes well and uh, able to make a quick break on the football and and, uh, and break things up. I think Devin Bush is somebody to me, kind of a jack of all trades type of a guy, you know, the, definitely one of the leaders of that defense. And to me, you know, again, top 15 pick isn't out of the realm of possibility for him. I'm really curious to see what he runs at the combine, if he can run, um, you know, sub Four six, then uh, I think he'll probably end up solidifying himself in the in that that conversation. Which leads me to Rashawn Gary. Now Rashawn Gary was the number one recruit in 2016, um, and you know the the hype. You know, to me, I was waiting for for him to really live up to the to the hype. You know, I wanted to see the production. Uh, 6'5", 281 pounds. You see the flashes of greatness. You see the athleticism. You see him, um, you know, virtually unblockable, you know, one-on-one, able to take guys and, uh, you know, overpower them at the point of the attack. Also has uh, exceptional hand usage and, uh, you know, the quickness off the football. You know, very explosive. Um, but But here's the deal. You know, to to me, when I look at Rashawn Gary, I wanted to see more production. I think his most productive season, uh, twenty seventeen, fifty eight tackles, eleven and a half for loss, five and a half sacks, and he wasn't an all you know an everyday starter there. Um, you know, but you know, in twenty eighteen, only played in nine games. He was slowed by by injuries, um, but you know, really he was outplayed by Chase Winovich. You know, when when you look at the the, the defenses, you know, the or I'm sorry, the offensive line blocking those two. Um, you know, more often than not, you know, even when both guys were 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 playing one on one, it was Chase Winifich that was affecting the passer more so than Rashawn Gary. So for me, if you're going to be taking Rashawn Gary in the top 15, even in the top 20, you're going more on potential 
than anything else. Yes, you see the flashes of greatness, the flashes of brilliance, but I don't see the production there that, that can back that up. And that that's the one thing that worries me. If I'm going to take somebody in the top 20, that's someone who is affecting the play you know, play in and play out, affecting the game. You have to know where they are on the field at all times. You know, for me, if Rashawn Gary isn't affecting every single play, then, you know, then to me, that's more of a, a, a guy that I'd want to take, you know, in the you know 20 to 30 range there in the first round. Still a guy from a talent standpoint, you got to take him in the first round, but uh, you know, I've moved him below Nick, uh, Nick Bosa, uh, Montez Sweat, uh, and Cleveland Furl. Uh, there at the defensive end position just because, you know what, I, I want to see something more um, out of Rashawn Gary. I want to see what he runs at the combine as well. You know, I think that's one of the things. See what that 10-yard that split, how that compares with some of the other guys. Um, you know, so I, I think that potential, you know, that's the one thing for me when, it, when I'm looking at, at the bust factor, you know, is, you know, what's the potential look like versus the, uh, the production. If the production isn't there, you know, you can point to, the, the tape and you can look at you know the, the domination that, that he'll have on a play but I don't see the consistency you know you can sit there and put game tape on uh, of Nick Bosa and you'll see play in and play out Cleveland Furl the same way play in and play out where they are affecting the game and you just didn't see that every single play from Rashawn Gary so to me I can't draft him in the top 10 can't draft him draft him really in the top 20 if I you know if if uh you know if I'm an NFL GM Moving along, Zach Gentry, the tight end at a at a uh, Michigan there, six seven, two hundred sixty two pounds, really you know developing there as a as a tight end. You know, in twenty fifteen he he came to Michigan as a quarterback, and uh, you know sat out um, and, and ultimately worked out you know as a, as a tight end. Played in nine games in twenty seventeen, but you really saw him come on in twenty eighteen. Uh, you know. Jim Harbaugh loves those multiple tight end sets. He and Sean McCown uh, getting a lot of playing time there together. 32 receptions, 514 yards, um, you know, which is a 16.1 uh, yards per reception and, and two touchdowns on the year. You know, I thought that you know he improved as as a pass catcher. Um, very long, you know, the, the catch radius is enormous. Um, able to go up, you know, and uh, you know, attack the football in the air. Um, I, I don't think he's the most effective blocker. You know, I think he, you know, stay, you know, plays a little bit too high. Pad level is going to be a little bit too high there. Um, so he's he's a work in progress for me. You know, I would have loved to have seen him come back one more year in a, in a Jim Harbaugh offense. Um, but uh, that said, I, I think Zach Gentry, you know, with a class, you know, again, this tight end class is is ridiculous how how deep it is. Um, you know, and just going again off the top of my head, T.J. Hawkinson, Noah Fant, uh, Irv Smith Jr., Caden Smith, I, uh, Isaac Nada, uh, Dax Raymond, Jace Sternberger, uh, Josh Oliver, Tommy Sweeney. You know, a lot of guys. You know, Caleb Caleb Wilson's right there as well. So uh, you know, he he has the size, and I think that's really what's able to kind of differentiate him from some of the other prospects. But he's still more of a developmental guy, and so to me, that really drops him into the third. Day of the draft and then finally the cornerback David Long so that'll be the first David Long of the two that we'll be talking about we also have an inside linebacker from West Virginia named David Long uh, 5'11 198 pounds and uh, in his two years there at Michigan came there as a as a sophomore um, and, and really um, 
you know, three interceptions in his career there, you know, 12 uh, pass breakups. You know, to me, when I look at David Long, you know, not the biggest corner, um, you know, I, I think you know, there's some inconsistency there, you know, very handsy. You know, that was one of the things that really bothers me is I don't think he necessarily trusts his feet. He may be in position, but he wants to grab. I think a lot of that grabbing is going to get him into trouble at the next level. Now with Michigan, you know, we, we've talked about all of the, the the talent that's already coming back. Even at the cornerback position, Lavert Hill decided not to throw his name into the into the ring. So you have him there playing the the cornerback position. That's really who's going to be one of those leaders of that defense going forward. Now Michigan State has has two guys that decided to enter the draft. Michigan State, one of the teams that uh, was a big winner in the underclassmen sweepstakes, you know, and really, you know, when Kenny Willickis, they're, they're do everything defensive end, you know, just so explosive and, and just an energizer bunny um, coming off the edge, Joe Bocci, their leader in the middle of the defense. And then Raekwon Williams, who can be uh, a, a first round pick in my, you know, in my estimation uh, in next year's draft at, at defensive tackle, those three guys coming back. I thought they really, you know, hit the, hit the jackpot there with all those guys coming back. Uh, Justin Lane, the, the cornerback, 6'3", 185 pounds, decided to declare for the draft. You know, big kid, uh, you know, a wide receiver. And uh, you, you look at him, you know, I, I think he, he's still a, a work in progress, still developing. But, uh, you know, in the last two seasons, 23 pass breakups and, uh, you know, two interceptions. And, and just somebody who I, I think when you watch him play um, – Understanding the routes, the route route concepts, you know, he's able to read the uh, read what the receiver is going to do, and a lot of times is going to run the route before the receiver, um, you know, and able to make a play. You know, knows how to make a play on the football, knows how to go up and get it. Uh, fifteen again, fifteen pass breakups as a junior. You know, somebody who I think is still raw, still new to the position, but uh, you know, I, I think he'll probably need a couple of years to really develop. But you know, I think he's somebody who could fly under the radar. You know, in, in my opinion. L.J. Scott, the running back, the 6'1", 225-pound back, another one of the nine um, who ultimately decided not to come back for for his final season. Now, L.J. Scott, you know, he he only played four games in 2018, uh, slow by an ankle injury, redshirted to come back for 2019, but decided to enter the draft instead. Um, When you look at him... You know, a, a lot of wear on on those those legs before he decided to, um, you know, ultimately end his 2018 season. Over 600 carries, um, you know, 2,800 yards, you know, 25 touchdowns, um, you know, 43 receptions in his career as well. Um, you know, a guy who knew how to find the end zone. Uh, you know, with those 25 touchdowns, just 4.7 yards per carry. Um, you know, not anything spectacular when we're talking about the the group here, but um, you know, to me, just you know, one of those guys who's going to pound the ball between the tackles has a little bit of a burst, but he's not a breakaway uh, burner by any uh, by any means. For me, uh, with him, he's going to have to have those medicals check out, and then he's going to have to show that he he can do a little bit of everything at the combine. Can you pass protect? You know, do you understand those cost concepts? Can you be a a smooth receiver out of the backfield? And then what are you going to run at the combine? You know. We know that you can run with some power. Do you have that speed that's necessary? You know, we have seen some athleticism, you know, LJ Scott hurtling defenders on the outside, but he's not Saquon Barkley. 
you know, and so he's really gonna have to carve out that that niche for him. And I just don't know that I see that for uh, for LJ. Um, I think he's probably a day three running back uh, at, at this point. Probably, you know, I'd say probably fifth rounder. Um, you know, if I had to guess right now. Which takes us to Mississippi. Uh, four underclassmen declared for the draft, all on the offensive side of the football. Uh, you know, I think it starts at the right wide receiver position, um, and really the skill position taking a huge blow there. Um, you know, at, at Mississippi, but you know, AJ Brown, six one, two hundred twenty five pounds. Um, you know, in in just three seasons, you know, one hundred eighty nine receptions for for nearly three thousand yards, nineteen touchdowns. Um, you know, fifteen point eight yards per reception as well. Um, you know, just a real physical guy. Um, one of those that you're going to be watching for what he runs at the combine because he's not necessarily a guy who's going to stretch defenses vertically. Um, I think he has some deceptive speed, but definitely someone who's going to go over the middle. You know, I think he's got excellent length. He's very physical. Uh, he's going to attack the football in the air and uh, very difficult to bring down after the catch. Um, you know, there are a lot of a lot of receivers that are right there together. Another one, uh, DK Metcalf. You know, I think DK is the more explosive of the two. Uh, 6'4", 225 pounds, another you know bigger receiver, uh, and really the bigger vertical threat. Um, you know, 67 receptions, you know, most of which were in the last two seasons there at Ole Miss. Um, you know, over 1,200 yards, 18.3 yards per reception, including uh, just under 22 in in, uh, in 2018. 14 total touchdowns. You know, I thought he really developed some chemistry there with uh, Jordan Ta'amu before uh, going down with the neck neck injury. You know, and obviously the the neck injury is serious. You know, obviously Mike Williams went with the Chargers, got a clean bill of health, and was ultimately drafted number seven overall um, by the by the Chargers a couple of years ago. But when you look at DK Metcalf, you know, can he run? You know, more than just just a go route. Is there more to him? Is there more in his route tree? You know, can he come back to the football? You know, what you know, can he sink into in, into those those routes, sink those hips, you know, and and come back? Um, how explosive is he going to be in and out of his breaks? That's really what I want to see from him. I think he's going to time very well in the forty, um, but there are a lot of guys that can get vertical. You know, on, on you, and I think you know, there's another guy that's in the SEC, Emmanuel Hall, out of uh, Missouri. You know, really a guy who I don't think I saw many more routes other than the the go was the primary route there. Ran a few posts and a few slants, but that was really his game. And I didn't see a whole lot. You know, limited route tree. So that's one of the things I want to see from DK Metcalf before you know I. I confirm that he's going to be a, a first-round pick, but I think he's definitely a guy who has the athleticism and the ability uh, to stretch some defenses. Dawson Knox is a bit of a, you know, uh, you know, head-scratcher, you know, if you will. You know, has played in just 18 games there um, in Oxford, uh, 6'5", 250 pounds, uh, got just 15 balls um, this past season. Obviously, with all the receivers, when you throw in uh, Demarcus Lodge, um, not a not a ton of balls to go around. Uh, but 284 yards, um, you know, and 18.9 um, yards per reception. Shows some good athleticism. You know, able to stretch the defense, especially up the seam. Um, but you know, he's kind of an unknown commodity a little bit. You know, when you're looking at this draft class again with all those tight ends, um, you know, he's going to have to show that. You know, can he? Uh, can he be an inline blocker? You know, we have a lot of receiver receive uh, 
receiver first tight ends uh, in this draft. You know, and you really want to see can he be an inline blocker, and then you know how fast is he going to run in the com you know at the combine. Um, you know, I think that's really what's going to be big for him. Um, and then obviously Greg Little uh, out of out of uh, Mississippi there. Um, you know, started. Let's see. You know, just burst on on, on onto the scene. Um, was a top tackle prospect there in in 2016. Um, and I, I think when you look at the left tackle position, he's he's definitely a a left tackle. You know, six six, uh, 320 pounds, and a guy who, you know, he he is so long that I think sometimes he he plays with a higher pad level than you want to see. But you know, I've seen games where he's going against some of the top. Um, defensive ends in the country, and he ha- you know, more than holds his own. You know, I think that's one of the things that uh, you know Greg Little is going to he, more than anything else. He's just going to have to show that um, he can, you know, he can hold up. You know, not just be a finesse uh, tackle. Can he? Can he hold up to the bull rush? And uh, you know, what can he do um, in the ground game? You know, what, what can he be an effective blocker? Um, you know, in in the ground game. Um, but you know, to me, I think Greg Little. I've got him as my number three tackle. Uh, Andre Dillard, I think, has really shown that he's the top pass protector. I think Jonah Jonah Williams is the best all around, and I think Greg Little right now is is probably um, you know your number two uh, left tackle when it's all said and done. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But you know, to me, Greg Little, um, you know, should be right there um, in the first round conversation, um, probably a top twenty pick when it's all said and done. Moving from Mississippi to Mississippi State, the Bulldogs. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about the Bulldogs, obviously there's Montez Sweat, um, but Jeffrey Simmons. You know, when you turn on the film, not only do you see number nine flash with uh, with Montez Sweat, but you see Jeffrey Simmons in the middle of that defense. You know, and, and he's somebody that you really have to watch out for. 6'4", 300 pounds, um, you know, 163 tackles, including back-to-back years with 60-plus tackles. Um, you know, and... and 30, 30 tackles for loss and, and 12 sacks. I'm sorry, and seven sacks in the last two seasons, uh, along with five pass breakups. You know, and and uh, you know three forced fumbles. This is uh, a, a guy who you know is is easily excitable out on the football field, and that's one of the things you kind of have to calm him down a little bit. You know, I thought he's got he got baited a couple of times, but uh, to me, when I look at him. He's one of the better defensive tackles in this draft. You know, when you look, talk defensive tackles, you got Quinn and Williams. To me, Ed Oliver, and then right after that, Jeffrey Jeffrey uh, Simmons is right there. You know, the handwork is is so so impressive. He's got that first step quickness, and then the hand usage. You know, able to to slap the uh, the lineman's hands off of him. Um, you know, you see a lot of the the club and rip. Um, you know, an arm over move, and he's into the backfield in a hurry. You know, and and he can drive his man that speed to power, drive his man back into the backfield as well. Um, you know, to me, you know, again, when I'm talking about players that I'm taking in the first round, are they affecting every play? Do I need to know where he is on the field every single down? Um, you know, when you turn on the game film, you know, is he a guy that's going to jump out? And he's absolutely a guy that does that. Um, so to me. Jeffrey Simmons is a surefire first-round pick. Um, you know, I think there were some questions about him off the field, um, so you know that's one of the things that I think NFL teams are going to look into, make sure that uh, everything's on the up and up there. But uh, to me, I, I feel like feel pretty good about him um, entering the draft and being a first pick. 
uh, for, uh, I'm sorry, a first-round pick. Now, we move from one SEC team to another SEC team, and uh, Demarie Crockett out of Missouri, you know, 5'11", 225 pounds, really burst onto the scene there in Columbia. Um, you know, over a 1,000-yard rusher, 10 touchdowns, 6.9 yards per carry. Um, not much of a factor in the, in the receiving game. But, uh, you know, played in just six games um, in, in 2017. You know, what really happened was, you know, he was suspended for Missouri's last game after he was arrested for possession of marijuana. Um, in, in 2017, you know, he started as as a starting running back before a shoulder injury ended up uh, ending his season. Um, so it was it was something that, uh, you know, was a little bit difficult. Toe and ankle injuries kind of slowed him up in, in 2018, played in just 11 games. So I think when you have a shoulder injury coupled with the toe injury and the ankle injury, that's really why DeMaria Crockett is coming out. Um, you know, rebounded from the, the shoulder injury, 709 um, yards on the ground with, with seven touchdowns. Uh, to me, he's, you know, 5'11", 225 pounds, and a guy who can put, put his foot in the ground and get north and south in a hurry. Um but he's going to have to really win over coaches. Um, you know, the possession of marijuana, definite red flag. He's got some injury concerns, so durability is a factor as well. Um, and someone who, again, he burst onto the scene as a freshman, and then since then we haven't seen the type of production that you would expect. So that's going to really play into uh, his uh, his draft prospects. Um, you know, and he's somebody to me, um, if he does get drafted, it'll probably end up being a, a late day three flyer. Uh, that is unless, um, you know, he really wows people in his workouts. Anthony Ratliff Williams and, uh, UNC. So we're, we're transitioning from the SEC to the ACC and, uh, Anthony Ratliff Williams is, is an interesting prospect, very intriguing, um, in, in my opinion, because he, he's very, he's, he's so versatile. You know, he's, he's a definite athlete, 6'1", 205 pounds, and uh, can play inside, outside. Um, this past season, 42 receptions, uh, 689 yards, 16.4 yards per carry, uh, just two touchdowns on the year. Um, but, uh, you know, when you look at, at Anthony Ratliff Williams, you know, the production, um, I, I wouldn't weigh into that or look into that too much because the, the quarterback play there at uh, UNC was really, um, up and down, um, over the last couple of years. Um, you know, and, and a lot of guys that were kind of rotating through there, um, at, at the quarterback position. So I, I, I think, He's someone that will be in the mid-round conversation, and uh, you know I'm waiting to see. You know, and, and we talk about a lot of these guys. Um, you know, they're they're right there in terms of um, being those those mid-round picks that really need to separate themselves from from other guys. And it's it's really what those workouts are going to to really um, you know pay off. Is uh, you know when you look at it and you're trying to you know decide between you know an Anthony Ratliff Williams. And, uh, you know, some of these other other receivers and, uh, you know, that's really what what you're going to be looking for. You know, can Anthony Ratliff Williams run a sub four five forty? Um, that's really, you know, those are the, some of those questions, because if you're able to break, so, you know, four or five as a receiver, then you start, you know, get adding into that conversation a little bit. Um, Will William Sweet, the offensive tackle, six, seven, three hundred pounds, um, someone who, you know, started 10 games, left tackle. In 2018, um, Pro Football Focus actually named them to their All-ACC team, um, allowed just one sack, two quarterback hits, and eight hurries and uh, you know, for a total of, of 11 total pressures. 
um, on 398 snaps in, in pass protection. So that was reported by Pro Football Focus. Um, you know, they also had a, a grade of, of 80.4 um, with an 85.7 pass blocking grade. Um, you know, better pass blocker than a run blocker for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the, the top um, grades overall for ACC offensive tackles. Only one penalty called on him as well. Um, just a guy who I think is really just starting his his career. Twenty played in twenty six games there for the Tar Heels. Um, started fourteen, including all ten that he played in in, in twenty eighteen. Uh, you know they're gonna have to do you know check and make sure from a, a medical standpoint that that everything checks out with him. But when he did play, you know he was one of those guys that really turned some heads. Now we're gonna make a transition to. Um, FCS, you know, take a look at the FCS level here just a little bit. And, uh, you know, Daryl Johnson, you know, North Carolina A&T, if you watch the Celebration Bowl, you're able to watch him play 6'5", 232 pounds. Um, you know, definitely a guy who is, is long and lean, um, you know, needs to probably put on a little bit of weight there. But, you know, this is someone who's just continuing to develop, um, you know, as a, as a pass rusher, 19 sacks. Um, you know, and really, you know, has improved about four, four sacks in each of the year, uh, each of his years started with just two as a freshman, 10 and a half as a, as a junior, um, has a very explosive get off, you know, uses his hands pretty well, um, gets into the backfield, played in just eight games in 2018. Um, you know, to me, you know, it's one of those things. He's he's more of a guy who's going to affect the passer more than anything else. Just 47 total tackles on the year at defensive end. Um, you know, I, I want to see what he can do playing out in space because when he was playing for the Aggies, he was mostly out in in space. I'm sorry, mostly rushing the quarterback off the edge. So before I can really anoint him as a three four outside linebacker, I really want to see what he can do. Um, you know, playing in space. You know, I, I think this is one of those to where I. You know, he, he should have come back for one more year. Those FCS guys, if you're a guarantee, not a guaranteed first-round pick, you really should be coming back to school um, you know, or, or possibly the second round. Um, but uh, if you're not a top-60 pick, then, you know, and, and I don't see him there just yet. You know, you look at this pass rush group, um, you know, he's going to be a day-three guy. And, uh, you know, he's got to put on some weight, and he's going to have to show that he can play in space. NC State. Got a couple of receivers, you know, their quarterback Ryan Finley is taken off, so uh, um, they might as well go ahead and, and enter the draft as well. Um, you know, they've got Thayer, uh, Thayer Thomas, they've got uh, C.J. Riley, so, I, you know, they've got some receivers coming back uh, there for the Wolfpack. Um, you know, Kelvin Harmon is is the guy that gets the hype. You know, 81 receptions, over 1,100 yards, uh, seven touchdowns. And, uh, you know, 6'3", 213 pounds, a guy who can get vertical um, and, uh, you know, attacks the football in the air. You know, I, I thought early on in the season, you know, I got on him a little bit. You know, I, I moved him down in my rankings, um, you know, and I think for a time even moved him out of my rankings altogether because the ball was getting into his body. You know, and that was one of the things that's really a no-no for receivers is allowing that football uh, to get into your body. And he's he's really, you know, shown, um, you know, throughout the remainder of the year. And that was usually, you know, that was in the first couple of uh, first couple of games of the, of the season. But after that, you know, he really showed that he can get, get down the football field and, uh, you know, make plays on the football. You're really attacking it in the air, adjust very well to the ball in the air. Um, you know, that body control, especially on the back shoulder throws. I think he and Ryan Finley you know, really had a knack for that, uh, you know, that back shoulder fade. 
and uh, you know somebody who can make plays down the football field. Um, also, somebody who can come over the middle and make some plays. Um, uh, Kelvin Harmon, right now, I have him as my let's see as my number six wide receiver. Um, actually, moved him down to number eight. Um, after the Senior Bowl there with uh, Debo Samuel, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But uh, definitely someone who I, I can see being taken in the in the first two rounds of this draft. Now you've got Jacoby Myers on the other hand, 6'2", 200, uh, 203 pounds, uh, NC State product. Actually got a chance to play in the Senior Bowl um, because, you know, four years removed from... Uh, from high school, so he was a fourth-year junior, able to go ahead and play in, in the in the game. Ninety-two receptions, which uh, you know led the ACC. A hundred, I'm sorry, a thousand forty-seven yards and four touchdowns on the year. Um, you know, just eleven point four yards per reception, but uh, you know was really a possession guy. You know, if Ryan Finley needed a go-to guy, that was who he was going to. It was more of a security blanket type of a guy. I think he's a little bit you know better in terms of of running some of those routes. Um, you know, better route runner, uh, more crisp than, than Kelvin Harmon, really comes back to the football very well, attacks the ball in the air. And I think one of the things that you can say about the NC State receivers is they do a really good job blocking on the outside. Um, you know, Myers in the senior bowl, you know, they, you know, had a really, you know, a couple of really good blocks. Um, there was one on the sideline that sprung uh, Andy Isabella for a big gain. Um, you know, and that's really what you're looking for is, is receivers that can make some plays down the football field. So we're going to move back to a group of five school and look at Jalen Guyton, a receiver out of North Texas, 6'1", 202 pounds, uh, was Notre Dame transfer. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for North Texas, you know, Graham Harrell really had that offense hum in there. Mason Fine at quarterback, um, you know, for Seth Luttrell, um, 103 receptions, uh, just under 1,600 yards, 15.3 uh, yards per reception and 15 total touchdowns. Um you know, someone who I, I haven't really studied a whole lot. Um, I'd have to go back and take a look at my notes on the on the games where North Texas played. Um, you know, but you know, there's so many receivers in this draft. He's going to be lucky to get drafted. Um, you know, at, at this point, um, you know, there are obviously some situations and some reasons why guys enter the draft. Um, you know, Jalen Guyton to me, you know, he's going to really have to do a lot to separate himself from this group. Um, and really show what he can do. Um, you know, Notre Dame, um, reason why he left there, um, you know, he was suspended. And, uh, you know, two total transfers before he found his way to North Texas. Um, so, you know, the char- character concerns are going to be a huge red flag, um, you know, which may make him undraftable um, on draft day. Um, you know, but we'll see where, where everything takes him. Sutton Smith. Northern Illinois, 6'1", 237 pounds. Uh, you know, he was a defensive end. And, uh, you know, someone who was just so explosive off off the ball. Um, you know, the right tackles really struggled with, with dealing with his speed. You know, this is a two-time MAC Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, 58 and a half tackles for loss, 30 sacks, uh, four pass breakups, seven forced fumbles. Uh, this was someone who just seemed to be living in opposing backfields, um, able to to work, you know, bend very well, you know, so athletic, uh, you know, works, um, 
getting under the, the offensive lineman's pad level and uh, shooting into the backfield. So explosive. Um, the up and under worked very well for him. You know, use his hands. But here's the issue. He's 6'1 and just 237 pounds. And, uh, you know, he was lined up at defensive end there um, at, uh, at the Senior Bowl. And he just couldn't get off blocks. I mean, he was completely buried by Caleb McGarry, the offensive tackle out of Washington. And, uh, you know, he, he just can't get off blocks. You know, at middle linebacker, I think he struggled there as well. You know, to me, if, the, if he's going to be playing anywhere, it'll be at, uh, you know, rush outside linebacker in a 3-4 scheme. But uh, again, you know, if you can't get off blocks, you know, I don't care how, how explosive you are. If you can't get off a block, um, you know, you're going you're gonna to run into some problems. Um, to me, I, I, you know, that's the reason why Sutton Smith is, is probably going to fall in this draft. Um, you know, he may, you know, be like a, a sixth or seventh round pick. Um, but, you know, it's something, look, you know, there wasn't anything else for him to do, you know, at Northern Illinois. Um, basically did everything there was, uh, you know, for the Huskies. Again, two-time, you know, back-to-back defensive player of the year in the MAC, and uh, you know he, he's one, he's someone who just has that that motor that's always running. You know, he he is an explosive athlete, and uh, you know a team is going to take a flyer on this guy because of uh, the the athleticism, uh, because of his ability to bend and uh, and and get around and, and flatten to the quarterback in a hurry. You know, a guy who just never gives up on plays. You know, he's going to he's really going to have to work hard to make a team um, because he is limited athletic, you know, from a, just his size. But, uh, you know, he makes up for it with that explosive athleticism. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Sutton Smith. You know, I, I just I really want to see um, you know, if he can get off some blocks and, and that's going to be, you know, that's going to be a tough task for him. Northwestern State's Jazz Ferguson, 6'5", 223 pounds, um, played at LSU, just a couple of receptions there in, in 2016, uh, transferred to Northwestern State uh, and, and, in 2018 in 11 games, 66 receptions, uh, 1,117 yards, 13 touchdowns, um, really a red zone guy, um, you know, a big-bodied receiver, you know, and you wonder, you know, you, I really want to see what he looks like at the combine, even just physically. Is he a guy who can add some weight? I remember David Osbury coming out of USC, um, wasn't going to make it in the NFL as a receiver, bulked up as a tight end, and uh, had a productive career. Um, you know, is Jazz Ferguson, is he going to be one of those guys who can, you know, get vertical? Um, you know, or is he going to be someone who's going to be more of a tight end, you know, your second to third tight end and a guy that can be used in the red zone, um, you know, in the, in the passing game, that's going to be a big question mark there. You know, another big body receiver we're looking at Notre Dame now and, and Miles Boykin, Miles Boykin decided, um, not to return for his, uh, his senior season, decided to come, come, uh, come out for the draft six, four, 228 pounds, Again, big-bodied receiver. Um, you know, 872 yards and, and eight touchdowns. Average 14.8 yards per reception. Um, and really, this was the breakout year for him. He and Ian Book seemed to develop this chemistry, and uh, a guy who attacks the ball down the football field. Excellent body control. Um, uses his body very well to shield the the football from the defender. But um, you know, 
what's he gonna run you know in that 40 you know being as big as he is you know six four and 230 pounds you know if if he can't carry that weight and be explosive then the question is then going to be is he going to be more of a tight end you know are you gonna have to move him from the outside move him into more of a tight end role um, that's really going to be a big question you know if you can take advantage of some of that size you know at that tight end position you know, maybe faster than some of the linebackers and, and bigger than the safeties that might be where you have your matchup now transitioning from one of the bigger guys in in the in the draft to Julian Love, um, you know, in the secondary, 5'11", 193 pounds, and look, this is a guy who knows how to make plays on the football. Thirty nine passes broken up, you know, five interceptions as well. Uh, took two of them to the house in in twenty seventeen, but again, thirty nine pass breakups. This is someone to me, you know, who knows what to do when he arrives at the football. You know, takes good angles to the to the ball, drives very well on the football, undercuts routes, um, reads the quarterbacks, um, understands the route concepts and, and really trusts his eyes and, and makes good breaks on the ball. Um you know, he, he's one of those guys who, who can be a playmaker out there on the edge. And, uh, you know, when you look at the cornerback class, he's right there. You've got, you know, Greedy, you've got uh, DeAndre Baker, Byron Mullen, or Byron Murphy, Trayvon Mullen, and, and Julian Love. I think he's in that top five range. Um, Rock Yasin is, is another guy that you have to move into that range as well. Um, you know, and uh, I think Julian Love, you know, what's he going to run at the combine? Um, and that's really what's going to separate some of these guys. You know, Trayvon Mullen, I want to see, you know, can he can he sink his hips? You know, how how fluid of a cornerback is he going to be? Um, you know, I think Rock Asin um, could slide right in there, and, and that might be your top five. Um, with with Williams, Baker, Murphy, uh, Love, and Yasin, you know it'll be interesting to see. There are some guys there at the top that have kind of separated themselves a little bit. So it'll be interesting in the next couple of months at the at the cornerback position. Now, Alize Mack at tight end was kind of a curious case for me. Um, you know, all these athletic tight ends. You know, he's 6'5", 247 pounds. Guy who lines up in the slot also um, was uh, you know an inline. Uh, inline blocker, you know, a little bit there, um, but that was more so the the role of uh, of Cole Kmet. Um, you know, in first two first two seasons there, um, you know, in 2015 and then in 2017, um, you know, just six played in just six games, uh, played in 12 in, in 2018, 36 receptions for 360 yards, three touchdowns. Injuries really has, have kind of derailed him. He was one of their prize recruits in 2015, and uh, you know, I think this is more of an injury factor than anything anything else with with uh, Alize Mack entering the draft. He, he's someone to me who's going to be a day three pick um, and really going to have to kind of play his way um, you know, into the discussion there. Um, you know, what's he going to run at, at the combine? You know, and, and I keep saying that about a lot of these guys, but he's somebody who's going to have to differentiate differentiate himself. I think he's going to have a hard time getting drafted um, in, in the first five rounds. Which takes us to Ohio State. Now Ohio State, obviously they're they're losing Urban Meyer. Um, you know Ryan Day taking over as the the head coach. Um, you know they've they've got J.K. Dobbins at running back. You know Mike Weber leaving the leaving the program. Um, we know that uh, Justin Fields is taking it over for Dwayne Haskins at the quarterback position. A lot of guys at defensive tackle to take over for Draymond Jones. Um, and uh, you know Michael Jordan there at, at uh, you know on the interior of the offensive line. Um, the offensive line a little bit of a question mark. So. 
his absence is going to hurt. I think Sean Wade will fill in nicely for Kendall Sheffield opposite, uh, you know, Damon Arnett, who decided to come back for a senior season. Thought that was a great move. But the defense, you know, you, you do have Chase Young coming off the edge, and uh, you've got some other playmakers coming off the edge there, but that defense just looked different with Nick Bosa in the game. You know, Nick Bosa, to me, is about as polished of uh, an edge rusher as you're going to see you know 6'4 270 pounds with with a first step you know that was so explosive I don't think there was an offensive lineman that could block him one-on-one um, you know uses his hands so well you know whether it was a club and rip um, you know does a good job you know keeping those hands off of him uses his length to his, his advantage he'll long arm a guy if he needs to to turn the turn the corner um, you know uses an up and under very effectively you know to, to get an inside rush it, you know especially if an offensive lineman is going to overset on him and uh, you know just you know, so explosive, you know, flattens out in a hurry and gets to the quarterback almost immediately. Um, you know, burst onto the scene, obviously, as a freshman. Everyone knows he's Joey Bosa's uh, little brother. And, uh, you know, Joey taking number three overall by by the, the San Diego Chargers at the time. And, uh, you know, now Nick Bosa looking more than likely going to be the number one overall pick, whether it's a, uh, the, the Cardinals, um, you know, 49ers possibly trading up, or, you know, even the Raiders could use a pass rusher. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with this draft. But, you know, as I said, Nick Bosa burst onto the scene, you know, seven tackles for loss, five sacks. You know, ups it to eight and a half sacks and, and 16 tackles for loss. And then in just three games before he had that, that core injury, you know, it really looked like it could have been a groin. Um, a core injury put him out for the year. And, and ultimately, you know, he, he decided rather than try to come back and, and play that he was going to go ahead and, and, and get ready for the draft. But uh, and like I said, just three games, 14 tackles, four sacks, six total tackles for loss. Um, you know, scored a touchdown, um, and, uh, you know, had a forced fumble. Um, to me, you know, Nick Bosa, you know, not only a guy who's going to affect the pass, but can also affect the run. Um, so, so quick to, to get off blocks, uh, does a, a really good job shooting into the backfield, um, you know, with, with early penetration against the run can also set the edge. You know, he's, he's very strong and stout at the point of attack, um, you know, can get outside and uh, force running backs back to the inside as well. Uh, to me, Nick Bosa is about as complete as it gets and, and should be the number one overall pick. Now we transition from the number one overall pick to the number one quarterback who's likely to be taken, and that's Dwayne Haskins. If you've listened to any of my podcasts, you know that uh, you know I was trying to tell everyone to pump the brakes a little bit on Dwayne Haskins early in the season. You know, for me, there were very few throws that were thrown beyond ten yards. You know, when you talk about Dwayne uh, early on, he was very effective on a lot of those cro- you know, crossing routes on on the short to you know intermediate routes. You know, but you never really saw him push the football down the football field. And for me, I was saying, look, Dwayne needs to come back for one more year because I haven't really seen him push the ball down the field. Yes, he can sit there and, and throw with, with accuracy, that pinpoint accuracy, especially into a tight window You know, with receivers uh, cutting across the middle, putting it out in front of them where the receiver can pluck the ball out of the air and make a play after the catch. You know, uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, Paris Campbell, um, you know, KJ Hill, um, all of those guys, Johnny Dixon, you know, making plays after the catch. And it was really, you know, based on the fact that Dwayne Haskins was putting the ball where they can make a play. 
that running game, you know, there came a point in time where that running game just became stagnant and really wasn't as productive. When that happened, Dwayne Haskins put that team on his back. And I think, you know, a lot of that was, you know, that Purdue loss. You know, you saw, you know, just something switch with that Ohio State offense. And that's where Dwayne Haskins started airing the football out. You saw him, you know, cut loose with the football 50, 55 yards down the field and, uh, you know, able to, you know, push the football down uh, down the field with accuracy you know and that's the thing if you can take the top off a of defense and uh, and throw the football down the field then uh, you know you're someone who who can definitely play at the next level because you're talking about ma- now making all of those throws you can throw the ball to the wide side of the field on an outbreaking route on a line um, look you know 70 percent passer um, you know 373 completions you know 533 attempts um, Big Ten record with you know four four thousand eight hundred thirty one yards and fifty touchdowns, you know I mean just staggering numbers, and uh, you know nine point one yards per attempt, um, you know so he really started you know moving that number up as as the season went along, and uh, you know look you know Dwayne Haskins you know the I, I think. You know, the release is, is there. He has a pretty quick release. Um, after the senior bowl, to me, I'm looking at Dwayne Haskins, and he's clearly going to be the number one quarterback taken. You know, I think the Giants um, you know, are in need of a quarterback, as are the Jaguars. I think Dwayne Haskins goes to the Giants, and then Drew Locke ends up going to the Jags uh, when it's all said and done. Draymond Jones, the defensive tackle, 6'3", 286 pounds. When Nick Bosa was there, uh, you know, Draymond Jones, I thought, you know, saw a lot more man on man and uh, was really able to affect the passer, um, you know, a lot more on the interior of that line. Um, but uh, when Nick Bosa went down to that injury, um, you know, I, I think until Chase Young really started establishing himself as a as an edge rusher, teams really focused and keyed in on on Draymond. Um, and so I think there was you know some points of frustration for him. But uh, again, he still you know, managed eight and a half sacks, thirteen tackles for loss, uh, forty three total tackles. Um, you know, and and uh, you know he's someone you know he's not the biggest guy. You know, six three and two hundred eighty six pounds. You know, could he be a potential you know five technique? Um, you know, could he be a three technique? Um, you know, that's you know really going to be where teams are going to be looking. What can he do? Um, you know, in, in terms of getting to the quarterback, I think there's no question there. And I think the the fact that he has such quickness off the football, um, you know, especially on the interior, I think that's where he can can make that 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 money. Um, you know, be a first round pick. You know, you're looking for interior pass rushers. You see how Aaron Donald can affect games, and I think that's uh, you know to me Draymond Jones probably if I'm you know a team looking for um, you know that interior pass rush. Um, you know I'd say in the top 25, that's where Draymond Jones needs to go. Michael Jordan. You know, play both center and guard for Ohio State. I think he's going to be a guard at the next level. Six seven, three hundred and ten pounds. Um, started all forty games um, in his Buckeye career. Uh, just a model of consistency. You know, long arms. Um, you know, moves pretty well. You know, bends well for his size. You know, he has to watch about you know getting getting too high. Um, needs to to really sink down. You know, at, at, at times. But you know, for the most part, I think he does a pretty good job on the interior of the line. Um, you know, moved in at like I said at center. Needed to take over for for Billy Price. But uh, to me, guard's going to be his role, and uh, he's someone who I think can be, um, you know, a starter day one uh, when it's all said and done. Um, probably going to be a, you know right there in the day two pick. And there are a lot of guards 
that I'm looking at that you know could be taken in that 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 top 50 range. Um, you know, and I think Michael Jordan is, is right there. Um, you know, Cody Ford, um, you know, really set himself apart, you know, there at Oklahoma. Um, you know, Connor McGovern, you know, um, is Dalton Reisner a tackle? He may very well be now after a senior bowl performance. Michael Dieter is right there, um, as well as his teammate Bo Benshaw. Uh, Chris Lindstrom, you know, the athletic, uh, you know, guy out of Boston College um, is right there. Nate Davis, you know, was a tackle there for Charlotte. You know, really a guy on the interior, played well at the Senior Bowl. A lot of different guards, but I think Michael Jordan, because of that versatility, you know, I think he's going to start seeing his name move up draft boards. I think I'm going to, you know, really want to see what he can do in some of those workouts uh, before I go ahead and move him um, any higher on my board just yet. Uh, Kendall Sheffield. Six foot, 193 pounds. Um, this was kind of a head scratcher for me. He was another one who uh, declared a little late, and uh, you know, in his two years, um, you know, just two interceptions, uh, 15 pass breakups. Um, he's he's the the quicker of the two between he and and Damon Arnett. Um, very fast, you know, a track athlete. Um, but to me, I thought he got beat. You know, didn't always locate the football. And, uh, you know, inconsistent with, with making plays on the ball as well. And, uh, you know, he's someone who's really going to have to prove himself. Can he be a fluid athlete on the outside? Um, you know, with, with you know, the, the cornerback position right now is up in the air. There are a lot of guys that are vying for those spots. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't know if Kendall Sheffield is going to be anything more than a fifth or sixth round pick at this point. Mike Weber. The running back there, 5'10", five, five, 214 pounds, um, shared the backfield with, with J.K. Dobbins over the last couple of seasons, uh, still managed 954 yards uh, in 2018, 5.5 yards per carry and 5 touchdowns. Um, you know, burst onto the scene as a freshman, um, over um, you know 1,000 yards, nearly 1,100, um, 9 touchdowns and uh, 23 receptions. Um, you know, shared the backfield with, with J.K. Dobbins, really a bur- you know, breakout season for him, but was more of a, a threat there in the red zone. You know, 10 touchdowns on the, on the season, um, 54 total receptions in his career. Um, to me, you know, Mike Weber is a guy who's going to pound the ball between the tackles, not really a, you know, the most explosive back, um, but a guy, you know, can run between the tackles, shows uh, the ability to catch the football a little bit out of the backfield. Um, but you know, to me right now, I look at Mike Weber, he's going to be probably a fourth rounder. You know, I would say, um, you know, he's going to have to show that he's got more burst than, uh, I think he's really shown on tape. Oklahoma, OU, you know, once again, making it to the, uh, college football playoff and, uh, you know, before getting ousted by, by Alabama, but, uh, I'll tell you what. The offense looked just a little bit different, a little bit more explosive in, in the first two games of the season. Now, I know they were playing Florida Atlantic and UCLA, but um, you know Rodney Anderson just was a different type of back. You know, no offense to you know, uh, you know Trey Sermon or um, you know Kennedy Brooks, you know carrying the football out of the backfield, but you know Rodney Anderson, you know at six one, two hundred twenty pounds, was just you know. A, a difference maker, you know, was a guy who, you know, really, you know, one, one cut and go type of a guy, very decisive. Um, and, uh, you know, 
can be a little elusive in the back, you know, in uh, in the open field. Um, you know, can make guys miss in the backfield. Um, you know, a guy who you know I think you know had that upright running style a little bit. You know, really wanted to put his foot in the ground to get north and south. Um, really a rocky rocky start to his collegiate football um, career. Um, you know, in, in 2015, he broke his leg, 2016, a broken neck, um, you know, really, you know, had the luxury of, of running behind the, the OU line in 2017 and, and took advantage of it. You know, 188 carries for over 1100 yards, 13 touchdowns, uh, and, and 17 receptions for 281 yards and another five touchdowns against TCU, 150 yards on the ground, 150 yards through the air, really looking like, uh, he was going to come back and, and really set the tone there for, for the Sooners. And, uh, you know, in his 11 carries, you know, 10.8 yards per carry. Again, you have to, you know, think about it from the standpoint of, you know, playing the Owls and the, and the Bruins, but still when he was running the football, he looked different. You know, or the offense looked just a little bit different, a little bit more explosive, if you will. And uh, you know, Rodney Anderson went down, um, didn't really look that serious, but ultimately tore his ACL, and then you know, ultimately decided that uh, he was going to uh, leave school and and uh, focus on the draft, focus on his recovery. And uh, you know, it, it's it's something that you know the medicals, you know, he's had issues 2015, 2016, and now 2018 when he was on the football field and he was healthy in 2017. Um, was just a different guy, but the medicals are going to be critical for him. You know, is he going to be able to do anything uh, at the combine? That's going to be you know a huge question mark um, because the injury happened in September. We're going to be doing all the workouts at the combine in, in March, and uh, you know if he's not going to be able to set set foot out on the football field um, for that um, at Lucas Oil Stadium, then you know the, really you know the, the question will be when is he going to be healthy? Um, you know that's. You know, it's going to be scary. Who knows what uh, what's going to happen? Obviously, Willis McGahee was a first round pick, even after blowing his knee out. But you know, McGahee also didn't have you know the the, the neck injury and uh, and the broken leg before that. So, uh, you know, it's really tough to tell right now if there's going to be a team that's going to take a flyer on on uh, Rodney Anderson. It's really going to come down to what the medicals say. Amani Bledsoe. Really, a kind of a surprise that the defensive end decided to declare 6'5", 267 pounds. Um, you know, really, this was his first year, and, and was he? I thought he was the most consistent of the defensive uh, defensive lineman there for the Sooners. You know, really a much maligned um, defense up front, um, and uh, you know, really that entire defense under Mike Stoops, um, Ruffin McNeil stepped in. And uh, now Alex Grinch looking to really change the culture there, um, you know, defensively. Um, but Amani Bledsoe, look, you know, 72 was was their their best defensive lineman um, all season long. You know, I think really what stands out, you know, with those long arms of his seven pass breakups, um, you know, really does a good job. Uh, only two sacks, didn't really get to the quarterback all that much, but a uh, guy who knew how to get his hands up in the passing lane. Um, you know, a 3-4 defensive end, you know, a little undersized. So um, we'll see if he shows up at the combine weighing 280, 285, then, uh, you know, that that's really going to be where he wants to be. Um, if he does get the invite to the combine, that's the other question. Because there are so many defensive ends in this draft, um, he's going to have to separate himself and really show showcase things. And, um, you know, he was the best defensive lineman on 
a bad Sooner defense. So you know, take that for what you will. Um, I just I, I don't don't know if he's going to be drafted. He'll probably end up being a priority free agent, if I would say. Which then leads us to Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. 5'11", 162 pounds, the cousin of, of Antonio Brown. And uh, look, Marquise, you know, 132 receptions, over 2,400 yards, 17 total touchdowns, uh, a guy who can just take the top off of defenses. You know, so explosive, the vertical threat. And, uh, you know, he was mostly just a, a guy who can get deep, um, you know, in 2017, um, first year there uh, in Norman. And I thought he developed into more of a complete receiver, a guy who could play in the slot, could play on the outside. I think he'll probably live in the slot, um, you know, at, at the, the next level. Although, um, you know, he could be you know, a lot like Antonio Brown because of his, his, you know, his ability to, to run the routes. Um, he is very sudden in and out of his breaks, the guy who can't take the top off of a defense. Um, you know, Marquise Brown, he, he got slowed up, slowed up a little bit with some injuries. He is a little slight as well, um, is going to get affected off the line of scrimmage. So I think he needs to add some weight to that frame. Um, but again, so explosive, a guy who, who's just, a you know, waiting, just a, a big play waiting to happen. Um, so he's someone to me, you know, especially if he can run, um, you know, sub four, four, uh, someone who I think can be a, a first round pick, when it's all said and done. And I may mention of Cody Ford, uh, the right tackle for the Sooners, 6'4", 338 pounds. I think he's going to make a living as a guard. Um, you know, Played in 29 games, 21 starts, uh, including all 14 this year. And you want to talk about a dominant, dominant right tackle. This was a guy who was so physical at the point of attack, used his hands very well, would shoot them inside, and uh, you know did a great job just controlling his man. Um, you know, Kyler Murray had all kinds of time and a lot of it was because of that, that old line, which was led by Cody Ford plays with a mean streak, some nastiness to him in the ground game. He's going to run you over, just maul you, just be a road grader. And I think that's really what you're looking for, uh, in, in a guard. Um, you know, when you remember Brandon Scherf out of Iowa a few years ago, going to Washington, um, was a top 10 pick. I think, you know, that's really the ceiling right now for Cody Ford. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think watching him throughout the season, he was just consistently getting better and better. So I think the best football is ahead of uh, of Cody Ford. The versatility to play tackle in a pinch, um, you know, is something that uh, I think teams will also look at. But to me, he's he's the best offensive lineman on the best of- offensive line in collegiate football, and uh, you know that's going to be. Um, you know, something that'll be interesting to watch here as, as we get into the, the pre-draft process. Bobby Evans, the tackle on the opposite side, the left tackle there, 6'5", 301 pounds, uh, started all 40 games that he played there for the Sooners. And, and to me, he's more, you know, of this finesse guy, you know, just, you know, 300 pounds. Um, I thought he played high at times. Um, I thought that, you know, he would overset at times. Um, but really good footwork. Um, I think he needs to work on his hands a little bit, uh, hand placement. And, uh, you know, like I said, more of the finesse guy. I wanted to see more power and physicality out of him. Um, but he's going to be right there. He's in my top 10 on, on the offensive tackles. And, uh, you know, I, I think he has a chance for day two, probably going to be an early day three guy, um, but someone who I think can work his way into uh, a starting role at the next level. Which then leads us to 
Kyler Murray, the most talked about uh, quarterback. And we could just do a, a segment all on Kyler Murray, uh, the, the number nine uh, pick of the Oakland Athletics in the Major League Baseball draft, uh, plays for the Sooners uh, in 2018 and ultimately wins the Heisman Trophy. Um, you know, had signed a, you know a deal with you know 4.6 million dollar bonus, and uh, you know ultimately he was making more than his head coach um, Lincoln Riley. So they had to up his deal to make sure that he was the highest played um, on on the on, on campus there for for the Sooners. And, uh, you know, to me, Kyler Murray, look, you know, he transferred from Texas A&M, uh, sat behind Baker Mayfield, learned, you know, uh, the ropes a little bit, if you will, from uh, the 2017 Heisman Trophy winner. And uh, Kyler Murray, you know, was definitely the more explosive of the two uh, quarterbacks. When you talk about the, the QBR, a QBR of 96, which is the highest in the 15 years that uh, they were using the QBR at the collegiate level, um, you know, 69% passer, 4,300 yards, you know, through the air, uh, 11.6 yards per attempt, uh, 42 touchdowns, seven interceptions, um, carried the ball another 140 times for over a thousand yards and, and 12 touchdowns. Uh, you know, it was one of those things to where he never let the game get get too big for 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 him. You know, he was someone who had to be on his game day in and day out. You know, game in game out. That defensive, uh, that defense was was so poor. Um, and gave up so many yards and so many points that Kyler Murray had to be on his game. You know, unlike Tua Tonga Vailoa or, or really, you know, um, you know, to some degree, Dwayne Haskins, they had much better defenses. They could, you know, lean on uh, a defense, um, you know, or a run game a little bit. And really, Kyler Murray, um, you know, he had to be on game in and game out. And he did just that. He showed the ability to throw the ball, um, you know, with, with precision, um, you know, in the short to intermediate routes, able to get the ball out to the wide side of the field on the outbreaking routes on a line, um, you know, and then able to push the ball down the football field. I think you saw some throws um, throwing the football 50, 60 yards in the air, you know, without even setting his feet. You know, you talk about the Patrick Mahomes factor. You know, Patrick Mahomes, Everyone's looking for the next, the next Pat, Mah- you know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, and uh, he's kind of the Baker Mayfield and, and Patrick Mahomes. Look, Patrick Mahomes, his dad was a major league baseball pitcher, and uh, Pat Mahomes. And so when you look at what Kyler Murray can do, you know, he looks like a baseball player playing football. You know, he's out there making, you know, he's he's dropping the arm angles um, to to get the ball out. Um, you know, making throws on the run. You know, the the velocity doesn't slow down when he's on the run. It's just like you know he's playing center field and he's cutting loose with the football. You know, cutting loose with the baseball. Excuse me, and uh, you know that's what makes him so dynamic. You know, when he w- decides that he wants to run the football, um, you know, he doesn't like contact. That's one of the things that I will say is he doesn't like contact, and uh, he needs to watch watch the ball security a little bit. Um, you know, he, he wants to, to make some plays, you know, get out there, use his feet and get down. Um, but he's going to look to throw the football whenever possible. And, and the way that the game is changing right now, the way that the pocket does get, get moved, um, you know, the, the launch point is getting moved, um, you know, quite a bit, you know, that smaller quarterback, you don't have to worry about the size as much because they're not playing primarily from the pocket anymore. Um, you know, so, you know, the height doesn't worry me as much. Um, it's really going to be about, uh, you know, can he process all the information? Can he make, um, you know, at some point, you know, the, the athleticism is going to catch up to him, you know, and, and it's one of those things to where, you know, does he have the arm talent? Um, you know, most of our, 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 uh, 
athletic quarterbacks who want to get out and, and make plays on the outside at some point or another, you know, whether it's it's Jake Locker or or you know most recently Cam Newton, um, you know, Michael Vick, so many guys um, that make plays with their legs, um, they ultimately have to you know change their game a little bit in order to continue to be effective. And uh, you know Kyler Murray, I think, has that that arm strength um, and the ability to play within the pocket. He's shown that at, at, at OU to be effective. Um, I think he's going to end up being a first round pick. Is he a first round pick? You know, I, I think the jury may still be out, um, you know, but uh, um, in, in my opinion, he's a, he, I, I wouldn't rule him out. You know, I wouldn't sit there and, and, uh, and count this kid out. Um, I think a lot of people have, and uh, you know, he, he's, he's made everybody pay. So um, I, I think he's someone probably, you know, in the top 15, um, you know, top 15, top 20, um, you know, but he will get drafted at some point. He might even find a way into the top 10, you know, teams with trades, you know, Patrick Mahomes found himself a top 10 pick. So, um, you know, never say never. So if you go from, from Norman to Stillwater, um, not too far of a drive there in Oklahoma, um, you know, you got Jordan Brailford, uh, the defensive end, 6'3", 250 pounds. He's another one who, you know, not coming back for his final season, uh, missed the 2016 uh, season with a leg injury and in 2017 was out four months with a shoulder injury in April. Um, so, you know, he's somebody who, uh, again, struggled with those injuries, but 2018 was, was dominant, um, you know, for, for the Cowboys, 17 tackles for loss, 10 sacks, and just always seemed to be living in the backfield. You know, he, you know, plays with power. And I think that's really what, what was surprising me because he had the power to to go with the burst off the football and uh, you know if you watch the East West Shrine game he was arguably the best player on the football field he was getting into the backfield to affect the passer was able to get out on the perimeter to set the edge against the run um, really show showcase the fact that he could be a three down uh, three down player you know he's a little undersized six three two fifty but uh, you know somebody who I think can play his way you know possibly be a late day day two, early day three pick, um, when it's all said and done, you know, uh, Tyron Johnson, Tyron Johnson, you know, uh, Tylen Wallace was the wide receiver that got all the talk, uh, as a Bolitnikoff finalist there for, for, uh, Oklahoma state. And, uh, you know, Tyron Johnson, you know, six, 193 pounds, um, you know, 53 receptions, 845 yards, seven touchdowns. Um, you know, but I, I think he's somebody, you know, if a team is going to take a, you know, they may take a flyer on him late. He may be a priority free agent. Um, you know, I thought he it would have been best for him to come back um, just because he wasn't even the best receiver on his on his team. Um, did make some plays. Um, a guy who can push the push, you know, can get vertical um, and uh, really stretch some defenses. And I thought he had a really good game um, in, in the bowl game. Uh, beating Mizzou 38-33, you know, had a couple of touchdowns, went over 100 yards in the game, um, but I really wanted to see him come back um, for one more year there for the Pokes. Justice Hill. Now, this was kind of a, a an odd odd situation there in Stillwater. You know, Mike Gundy, you know, 5'10", uh, 195 pounds, um, you know, was sharing the backfield this year um, with, with Chuba Hubbard and, uh, and J.D. King, but uh, this was a guy who, you know, back-to-back, you know, 1,000-yard seasons, four, over 1,400 yards in 2017, 15 touchdowns, 31 receptions as well, uh, played in just 10 games. You know, I don't know if, if he was bothered by some injuries or what, 
but uh, 930 yards, you know, still managed those on 158 carries. You saw the carries drop off dramatically for him because he was sharing the football so much. And, and you know, and I don't know if it's so much that, uh, you know, it was just Justice Hill or the fact that Chuba, ha- uh, Chuba Hubbard was so talented. Hubbard, a bigger back, um, a guy who can run with power and speed. We'll be talking about him in a couple of years, no doubt. Um, but Justice Hill, you know, the ability to make plays uh, out in space, um, I thought his lateral quickness you know, was 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 dynamite because he can make those cuts without losing speed. And uh, you know, when you're talking about a guy who who uh, put up over 2,500 yards in, in just two seasons, and then to see the, the the drop off, you know, had 268 carries in 2017, just 158 in 2018. You know, it's a bit of a head scratcher there. Um, you know, and big reason, you know, obviously why Justice Hill decided to enter the draft. Um, you know, a smaller guy and, and, a, and a deep draft for running backs. But, uh, you know, I think he'll be a change of pace guy at the next level. It'll probably be a, an early day three pick. Oregon, Dylan Mitchell. You know, 6'2", 189 pounds, very slight receiver, a guy who I think can uh, get thrown off of his, his, uh, his routes and easily be rerouted. But he was the target for Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert really locked on to this guy, and the two of them really clicked, uh, especially with throws down the football field. 75 receptions, nearly t- uh, 1,200 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Honestly, this was a security blanket for uh, for Justin Herbert. You know, when, when plays would break down, he was looking for Dylan Mitchell. You know, his first read usually was Dylan Mitchell. And, and it's one of those things, I think, you know, Dylan Mitchell, there's a reason why he was uh, that security blanket. He's a guy who can definitely stretch the defense, but a reliable receiver, runs pretty good routes, um, and he's one of those guys who's kind of flying under the radar. You know, he's one of those forgotten guys, uh, you know, an Anthony Johnson um, type receiver, Terry McLaurin, and I think Dylan Mitchell slides right in there. Because of that, and because of all of these receivers, unless he really, you know, sets the world on fire in in the in the, the 40 at the combine I, I think dylan mitchell more than likely is going to end up being a day three guy um i hope that he ends up becoming you know he gets he finds a way into uh you know either late two or early round three that's always a possibility um you know i, I just think there are so many receivers in this draft but uh you know, the fact that he was Justin Herbert's go-to, I think that says a lot, especially with a guy that a lot of people were picking Justin Herbert to be the number one quarterback taken in the draft. So if, if you're leaning, you know, that way with Justin Herbert and this was his go-to guy, I think it really, you know, and his security blanket, I think that really has to start sending some of those, uh, you know, those spidey senses have to kind of be going off a little bit. Transitioning from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, um, Penn State. Ryan Bates, kind of a curious case here. You know, the left tackle, 36 games, 34 starts, uh, 6'4", 302 pounds. You know, a guy who I think really should be kicking inside. I I honestly don't know why he's entering the draft. Um, You know, I thought he was, you know, pretty consistent there, um, you know, at, at, at the tackle position, but uh, a guy who I, I really thought should have come back um, to the Nittany Lions. Um, same goes for, for Kevin Givens. Look, 6'1", 283 pounds, very explosive getting up the field, 10 and a half tackles for loss, five sacks, able to affect both the run and the pass. 
Um, you know, I thought that he would collapse the pocket, you know, very quick off the ball. I think that's really what his game is right now. He's, he's an undersized defensive lineman, and his game is the quickness and that first step. You know, the problem was, was if he didn't beat you with that first step, uh, he was having a hard time getting off blocks and, and could get just washed down the line. Um, so he's really going to have to show that he can be stout at the point of attack to make an NFL roster. Connor McGovern, uh, 6'5", 323 pounds, uh, played both guard and center for the Nittany Lions, played in 39 games, started 34 of those, very stout at the point of attack. Um, you know, I, I think he's someone sits down in his blocks as a, as a pass protector, um, you know, long arms, and uh, you know, I, I thought he was very effective, a guy who can generate some movement in the, in the running game, um, a guy to me I think really you know, with a good combine showing, especially in the drills, um, can solidify himself as a day two pick. Sharif Miller, uh, the pass rusher there for, for Penn State, another guy, you know, I was kind of surprised that he entered the draft. You know, I, I think he does make some plays uh, coming off the edge. 13, uh, 31 and a half tackles for loss, 14 and a half sacks. Um, you know, but, you know, he, he's got some some size to him as well. Um, you know, and, and he's someone who I think could be a, you know, a mid to late day three pick. Um, and, you know, if a team's looking for a pass rusher at that point, he could be a guy that could stick on a roster. Um, kind of surprised that he didn't come back for his senior season. But uh, like I said, a guy who I think could uh, could stick on an NFL roster. And then finally, Miles Sanders, um, you know, really waited his turn behind Saquon Barkley, 5'11", 219 pounds, breakout season, you know, just, uh, you know, 56 carries entering the 2018 season, um, you know, and really took advantage of it. 220 carries, um, you know, 1,274 yards, nine touchdowns that, you know, works out to 5.8 yards per carry, uh, 24 receptions out of the backfield as well, really showed some good hands. And uh, a guy who showed that he can run with power between the tackles and has some speed out, out on the outside. Not a whole lot of wear on his on those tires as well. And uh, someone who I think is kind of is going to creep up some draft boards, especially if he can run well at the combine, show off some hands. Um, he's someone who I think can really start creeping up a little bit. Need to do a little bit of, of game study to see about him as a pass protector. Um, that'd be the only thing that would hold him back. Um, but I have him as my number nine uh, running back right now, and, and he's someone who could can move up the board. Cortrell Simpson, out, out of Richmond. Uh, you know the Spiders have a have an underclassman entering the draft, 5'11", 185 pounds. Um, you know, and transfer from Temple, uh, 2017, uh, 60 receptions, over a thousand yards. Um, you know, played in only nine games this past year, just 36 receptions, 651 yards and five touchdowns, 18.1 yards per reception, um, has some returnability as well. Um, you know, both returning kicks and punts um, for the, the Spiders, um, you know, and he's somebody I don't really know a whole lot about. Um, and that's something that he's going to have to really make a name for himself if he wants to get drafted. Um, Lasan Austin. Uh, the the cornerback out of Rutgers, uh, 6'1", 185 pounds. Um, you know, a guy who made a name for himself in 2016 with 16 pass breakups. Um, you know, the ball, you know, the ability to make plays on the football. I think that's really what um, what kind of set the stage for him. And people were expecting a big 2017, and then uh, tore his ACL and uh, missed all but four games in 2017. 
and uh, you know was hoping to come back and have a big 2018 season, but in the opener against Texas State, uh, injured himself during uh, during an interception. Didn't even get to finish the game against the Bobcats, and uh, you know it's one of those things. It's same same knee, so. ACL injuries in consecutive years on the same knee. Um, he, he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, is coming back, you know, or didn't come back for his final season. I think it's more because of the injury concerns than anything else. And, uh, you know, he, the medicals, you know, it's a huge red, uh, red flag at this point. San Diego State, Tyler Romer, um, 6'7", 305 pounds, started all 23 games in his career. Uh, the redshirt sophomore ultimately was kicked off the team there at, at San Jose State, so he's going to have to answer to that. Um, you know, he got kicked off the team. Um, you know, to me right now, you know, if, if he's going to be drafted, it's going to be a day three. You know, really the big question is, is, is the character concerns, you know, and, and those red flags, um, teams are going to have to do their homework with him. Other tight end um, or other uh, San Diego State Aztec that, that entered the draft is tight end Kahale Waring, uh, 6'6", 250 pounds, um, kind of had a breakout season of sorts, 31 receptions, 372 yards, and, and three touchdowns um, You know, in just nine games. Um, in, in three seasons, he's just played 19 games total, uh, so there are some injury concerns there. Um, not the... You know, in, in this draft class, he he's someone who I'm not sure if he's going to get drafted. Um, you know, could be a priority walk on because of all the injuries and, and such. There, um, you know, the lack of playing time um, could be a factor into his decision to enter the draft. So we're we're working our way through the S's, almost through the the draft class. We're we're now at Stanford. Um, you know, and and uh, Bryce Love was uh was the dynamic playmaker there in, in 2017 um but uh, all those injuries um ultimately slowed him down and, and you see you know the, the the guy that was had the breakout year in 2018 was JJ Arcega Whiteside you know 6'3 225 pounds a guy who surprisingly has some speed vertically i thought that he did a good job separating against some of the cornerbacks there in the Pac 12 um but really was a red red, red zone nightmare you know 63 receptions over 1000 yards uh, 16.8 yards per reception and 14 touchdowns. Majority of those touchdowns were in the red zone. This is a guy who would just box out his. It was like playing basketball. Box out the the cornerback and uh, go attack the football in the air. Really looked like he was going after a rebound, and uh, teams you know teams couldn't stop it. You know you knew what was going to happen, and teams just couldn't stop it. You know he he got vertical as well on on the nine routes and able to adjust to to back shoulder throws. Um, I think he's a really underrated uh, receiver. Has an outside chance at the first round, likely a, a second round pick. But uh, you know he if he wants to be a first rounder, he's going to have to run well at the combine. Now Nate Herbig, uh, the the guard there for Stanford, had a huge year in, in 2017. Um, I thought this year was very inconsistent. Played in just seven games due to injury. You know, six four, 350 pounds, just really stout at the point of attack. You know, and and he's a guy who you know struggled with with speed. You know, along the interior, that was really his big thing. But uh, you know, a road grader, a guy who's going to get out and pull. Um, showed some athleticism pulling in and being a lead blocker uh, for Bryce Love. And I think that's really what his game's going to be. He's going to look to to maul you at the point of attack and really be that road grader um, you know, running the football. Um, but in, in pass protection, really struggle with uh, with the speed on the interior. 
Caden Smith, the tight end out of Stanford, one of the more polished tight ends. Um, before TJ uh, Hawkinson entered the draft, I thought he was the most complete tight end, a guy who was very good blocker in line, um, you know, does a really good job, you know, um, sitting down in his blocks, extending his arms, um, the hand placement, you know, really shooting those hands inside and uh, sustaining his blocks to the whistle. Also, you know, making some blocks out on the outside, on the perimeter uh, to spring some of his skill position guys uh, for extra yards. Um, but, uh, you know, over a thousand uh, yards um, on, on 70 receptions and seven touchdowns in his career, uh, just nine games played in 2018, um, but still managed 47 receptions for, for 635 yards and a couple of scores. Um, you know, big bodied receiver, 6'5", 252 pounds, as I said, and uh, a guy who, you know, you see him stretching defenses up the seam and really a lot of athleticism, you know, a guy who can really contort his body and make some catches, uh, make the tough catch, um, you know, up that, up that seam. Uh, kind of reminds me of, of Greg Olson attacking the seam and, and being able to adjust to that football in the air. Inside linebacker Corte Sapp. Out of Tennessee, 6'2", 223 pounds. Uh, another guy who's been you know, just hampered by injuries. Um, you know, you look at it and uh, you know, just played in six games in, in 2018. Um, you know, biggest biggest year was was 2017. He had he played in 11 games, 75 total tackles, seven for loss. Um, you know, I, I think him entering the draft really is a, is an injury thing more than anything else. Um, you know, he's already fulfilled his degree degree requirements. So throwing his name into the draft doesn't really hurt, uh, anything there. I, I, I don't think, um, just because, you know, when you look at it, he's played in just 20 games in four seasons for the volunteers. Um, Chidi Okiki, Tennessee state, six, six, 315 pounds. Um, you know, 33 games there. And, uh, Started all but one of uh, of the last two seasons. You know, every game in the last two seasons. So twenty one of of those thirty three uh, total games. Don't know much about him. Uh, got really good size. You know, again six six three fifteen. Um, you're gonna have to do a little bit more homework on him um, before I can really comment too much. Um, but uh, big tackle out of Tennessee State. Moving on from a big tackle to a big receiver, L, uh, L.J. Humphrey, Lil' Jordan Humphrey, um, you know, out of, out of Texas, 6'4", 225 pounds, um, really a breakout year this year, you know, 86 receptions, 1,176 yards, and nine touchdowns. This is a guy for me, oh, sorry, um, just almost took out my mic, um, but Lil' Jordan Humphrey was a guy who, you know, would, would was was the the possession receiver over the middle more often than not. He was a guy who would run the slants, make a catch, and then accelerate after uh, after the catch. You know, really make some plays, um, running through tackles, very physical. The the leg drive um, after the reception. You know, he's very physical after the catch. You know, I thought Colin Johnson was a guy who could stretch defenses vertically. Uh, the six six receiver who's decided to return for a senior season. Little Jordan Humphrey was the more physical uh, receiver. And, uh, you know, the question really is going to be what he can run at the combine. Can he stretch defenses or is he going to be limited, you know, by, by the fact that he may not be able to separate a whole lot at the next level? Texas A&M, uh, Tyrell Dodson, you know, a 6'2", 242 outside linebacker, um, you know, really, um, you know, uh, I think probably an early day three 
um, outside linebacker, a guy who can be a, a chase linebacker at the next level. Um, over 100, uh, 100 tackles in 2017, um, you know, and, uh, and eight pass breakups, you know, and, and uh, you know, six total total sacks in his career, 18 and a half tackles for loss, a guy, um, you know, who... I think primarily was used as a as more of a spy. You know, would read the quarterback and uh, be able to to get out to the perimeter on on run plays, shoots gaps down, up up the middle, and and uh, really did a good job. Um, you know, chasing down plays, and uh, you know, to me, Tyrell Dodson, you know, probably a fourth rounder would, would make the most sense. Uh, kicker Di- uh, Daniel Camera uh, out of Texas A and M. Um, you know, only played in three games in 2018. Um, he's another one who's not coming back for his final season. Ankle and foot injuries was a Lou Groza semifinalist in 2017. Um, you know, and in 2017, he was 51 to 52 um, with his extra points and uh, 18 and 21 as a field goal with a total of 105 points. Back-to-back 105-point seasons in 2016 and 2017. Uh, Eric McCoy at, at Texas A&M, you know, the center, 6'4", 315 pounds, uh, started all 39 games for the Aggies and uh, was a guy because he was you know removed you know four, fourth year uh, junior was able to play in the in the senior bowl and uh, was very stout I thought at the point of attack you know he um, you know did a really good job there for the most part at uh, you know at, at the combine but if you put on the game film really what you're going to see is a very athletic center a guy who can get out and pull and uh, to me, I've got him behind um, Garrett Bradbury and uh, Elshon Jenkins as my number three center, and a guy who I think is really solidifying himself as a day two pick. Jay Sternberger, that, that's tight end at a at a uh, A and M, six four, two hundred fifty pounds, started his career at Kansas. Um, you know, played in just six game, or I'm sorry, ju- in just eight games there, just ten receptions um, before moving on. Um, went to a JC in Oklahoma. Uh, where he's from, uh, he's from Kingfisher, Oklahoma, and uh, in 2018 decides to transfer to Texas A&M. Uh, 48 receptions, led all tight ends, uh, with 832 yards. That's 17.3 yards per reception and 10 touchdowns. A guy who can stretch defenses. I think he still needs to work on his his blocking. He's more of a receiving tight end, and that's really what uh, he was showcasing there um, for the Aggies. Um, you know, with with so much depth at the position, I think he'll probably end up being a day three guy. But uh, team's gonna get a receiver, um, you know, a guy who can really be split out, you know, play in the slot or, or on the outside, and uh, you know, can be a mismatch nightmare for for defenses. Trayvon, uh, Travion Williams, one of my favorite running backs, and a guy who I don't think is getting a whole lot of hype, and I don't know why. 5'9", 200 pounds, you know, you want to talk about a guy who has the, the balance, you know, the contact balance, you know, his ability to bounce off tackles um, and, and really run through contact, um, you know, I think his his vision uh, is, is exceptional, his ability to see the cutback lane, put his foot in the ground, and get north and south. He's very decisive, trusts his eyes, and, uh, you know, has that speed to go the distance, um, you know, 3,600 yards, um, with, you know, on 600 carries and, uh, 34 touchdowns in his career, including, uh, 18 in, in, in 2018 and, uh, you know, improved his reception total in each of his three seasons with the Aggies, 66 total receptions a guy who can, you know, can be a factor out of the backfield and, uh, you know, he can be a three down back and, um, you know, like I said, you know, the, the, 
con the the balance that he runs with the low pad level um, low center of a gravity you know i think he'd be effective between the tackles very explosive in the open field elusive and uh you know has that game breaking ability you know to be a an every down back and uh, i've got him in my top five you know in in the in the running backs and uh you know someone's gonna have to prove to me why why he shouldn't be considered there i just don't know why teams aren't you know people aren't talking about him and uh really want to see what he runs in the 40 at uh at the combine i think people will be talking about him after the combine we're almost almost at the end here uh utsa um Texas San Antonio, Josiah Taufa, uh, 6'2", 246 pounds, a guy who really burst on the scene as a freshman. I remember watching watching him play for the Roadrunners, and he just seemed to be all over the football field. You know, 115 tackles, uh, nine for loss, six sacks, uh, had an interception and a pass breakup, um, did a little bit of everything for for the Roadrunners. Uh, you know, seven played in just seven games in 2017 uh, and uh, rebounded in 2018 uh, another 100 plus tackle season and uh, you know made some plays behind the line of scrimmage uh, finished his career with 22 uh, and a half tackles for loss and, ele- and 11 sacks and uh, you know with 255 tackles and uh, you know to me you know he, he's going to have a hard time getting drafted. He's going to have to separate himself from from uh, you know, the inside linebacking group, and I think there's there's quite a few guys that are draft eligible, um, and uh, you know he's fulfilled his degree requirements. Um, you know he's someone who, who was a lot of fun to watch, and I was actually looking forward to seeing him come back for a senior season. So I'm a little disappointed that he's not coming back um, to San Antonio. Uh, Keenan Brown, uh, Texas State, uh, 6'3", 250 pounds. This is another guy who's decided not to come back for his final year of eligibility. He was a first-team All-American from uh, Pro Football Focus uh, this past season. Redshirted at Oklahoma State in 2014, missed the 2015 season due to injury. Was given an additional year by the NCAA. Um, you know, Played in just uh, four games in uh, 2016 and 2017 um, 2018 really showed off some some excellent hands as a receiver again 6'3 250 probably not going to be a tight end probably more of your h-back fullback type of a guy um, you know because he's kind of undersized there with that 6'3 frame um, but 51 receptions 577 yards five touchdowns um, you know just caught everything that was thrown his way um, he also had eight carries for 75 yards and a couple of touchdowns you know on a couple of tight end jets sweeps um you know he's someone who i think from an athleticism standpoint you know his ability to block um you know as a as a second or third tight end possibly as that h-back type um i think keenan brown can find a home there at the next level antoine wesley uh, texas a or i'm sorry texas tech 6'5 185 pounds um, really a breakout year in 2018 88 receptions over 400 yards nine touchdowns really a vertical threat a guy who can go up and attack the football down the football field um you know but somebody who i think can get rerouted you know very easily get jammed off the line um he is just 185 pounds he's gonna have to show um as well with that that long frame you know can he get in and out of his breaks can you know is he more of a guy who's just going to get vertical is he going to be a one-trick pony or is he somebody who you know can transition out of those in and out of those breaks and can he be somebody you know who can be physical and and be able to uh, fight through the jam or is he going to get easily rerouted you know that's one of the things that i worry about him at the next level 
Deontay Johnson out of Toledo, 6'2", 210 pounds, part of the Johnson Johnson, Johnson and Johnson group there with uh, John Bay Johnson. Um, really saw his production drop off, and a big reason was because he didn't have Logan Woodside throwing him the football. Uh, last year, 74 receptions, over 1,200 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Uh, just 49 receptions, 761 yards, and 8 touchdowns. Um, you know, Cody Thompson is no longer there. He's entering the draft this year. So I think Deontay Thompson, looking at the, at the situation, not a whole lot of production. You know, and really some question marks there at the at the quarterback position, entering uh, 2019 as well. Um, really a factor, um, you know, in the in the return game though. Uh, 78 kickoff returns, uh, so he, he's got plenty of experience there. Took two back for touchdown, along with two punts. Um, you know, his, his punt return on on 17 uh, punt returns, 20.2 average. So uh, you know, Deontay Johnson could find his way onto an NFL roster, if nothing else, as a return specialist. Andre James, UCLA, 6'5", 305. Um, kind of a surprising um, you know, pick to, to enter the draft. Uh, 35 games, you know, 32 starts. Um, you know, Colton Miller, I think, was more of a known commodity. Andre James was arguably the best offensive lineman for the Bruins, but uh, really kind of a head-scratcher for me. You know, I, I would have liked to have seen him come back for one more year. Same goes for Caleb Wilson, the, the tight end there. You know, 6'4", 235 pounds, uh, 60 receptions, really one of the main targets there for the Bruins, 965 yards and, and four touchdowns. Um, you know, it was really a, a dynamic pass catcher there for um the the Bruins, but uh, you know someone who I I don't think is much of a blocker uh, in the Senior Bowl. He got a late invite because you know he is a fourth year junior, um, and uh, you know first he he ran his route, you know ended up going out of bounds, was the first person to catch the football, and then on a routine play ends up getting the ball stripped. Um, you know not a whole lot of you know he he was mostly a, a guy who could who could make plays in in the passing game, um, and, and someone who I think. You know, because he was such a liability as a blocker, um, you know, he's going to have to really work to get drafted um, anything higher than uh, probably the fifth round. Talking about another tight end, Dax Raymond out of Utah State, 6'5", 250 pounds, um, you know, 72 receptions in his career, 873 yards, just three touchdowns. But a guy who I thought really solidified himself as one of the better blockers in the draft. A guy who, you know, um, you know, sets the edge very nicely. Um, does a really good job in space. You know, getting out, make, you know, putting some blocks on on linebackers and and uh, and safeties. Really clearing a path um, for his running back Darwin Thompson, who, by the way, is is also entering the draft. Five eight, 200 pounds. Um, you know, in his only year with the Aggies, um, 153 carries, over a thousand yards, 14 touchdowns, 23 receptions as well. Um, so he's entering the draft. Um, and then we get into to Vanderbilt. Uh, Joan Williams, uh, 6'3", 208 pounds, the corner. Um, you know, really had a breakout breakout year this year um, with four interceptions to go along with 13 pass breakups. Um, you know, had 10 um, pass breakups a season ago. Um, so use, utilizes the length, knows what to do with it. Um, you know, I, I haven't gotten a chance to study the film in the in the bowl game against Baylor, um, but uh, made a lot of plays. Five tackles in that game and three pass three of those. Uh, 
uh, 13 pass breakups were in that game. So I really want to study that that game film a little bit, um, but definitely has some some good length and some tools to work with. Um, you know, really the question is going to be how stiff are those hips, but you know, he definitely has ball, has the ball skills, utilizes that length. Um, is he one of those Seattle type corners? You know, is he going to be like a, a Lonnie Johnson Jr. Uh, out of Kentucky? Um, you know, I think there are a lot of corners that have a lot of size and, uh, he'll be right there in that conversation. So we've made it to the W's just a few more guys to go. And then we will be done with our underclassmen review. Uh, Greg Dorch, uh, at a wake forest, five, nine, 170 pounds. Um, you know, really a dynamic playmaker. One of those undersized guys, a guy who's really going to be primarily playing out of the slot, uh, 89 receptions over a thousand yards this past year, eight touchdowns. Um, you know, really a you know a force as a punt returner as well. Um, returned two uh, for touchdown in, in his career. Just very sudden. I think that's one of the things that really jumps out. I don't know what he's going to run um, at, at the combine um, in terms of the forty, but you know it's one of those things to where he moves very well laterally. A guy who's going to be very sudden in the open field. Um, I think he'll probably be a fourth or fifth round pick, but a guy who because he is so dynamic. Um, you know, and is so sudden, you know, he's more quick than fast. Um, you know, I, I think he has a chance to, to stick on an NFL roster. Byron Murphy out of Washington, 5'11", 182 pounds. Now this guy, uh, you know, 20 pass breakups in his career, six interceptions, return one for touchdown, uh, just a very fluid, fluid corner. Um, you know, a guy who understands, um, you know, route concepts and, you know, a guy who can attack the football in the air. You know, I, I wanted to see him come back, you know, as you know, early on in the year because I thought he was getting fooled you know, with a lot of double moves and such. But he's one of the more fluid corners, a guy who can turn and run, um, understands how to get over the top of routes and, uh, you know, drives really well on the football, undercuts routes. Um, you know, and I, I think he'll be a first round pick when it's all said and done. I think he's a really good athlete. Um, speaking of good athletes, Taylor Rapp, um, you know, six foot, 200 pound safety, um, Little, does a little bit of everything. If you look at his his uh, his numbers, 168 tackles, eight and a half for loss, uh, six sacks, seven interceptions, six pass breakups, uh, two forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries. One of those interceptions he returned for touchdown. Does a little bit of everything. He's a guy who I think can play in the box. Can also play. Um, over the top as well, so he's not just a one-trick pony. Can you know he's not just a center fielder. He's not just a guy who's uh, um, who's going to play in the box. Has really good range over the top. Um, can get to the sideline from the from uh, the deep middle, and uh, a guy who knows what to do when he arrives at the fall. You know, so I think Taylor Rapp, um, you know, is, is likely. I don't see him being a first first round pick, but definitely somebody who's going to go early on day two. Washington State's uh, James Williams, you know, a running back who I think, um, you know, six foot, 205 pounds, um, you know, out of Mike Leach's offense, you know, 202 receptions. Now, this is a guy who just catches, you know, catches everything thrown his way. Um, you know, I thought that he, he found the end zone quite a bit as a running back as well with, with 12 touchdowns on the year um, uh, this past season. But 202 receptions in his career, and, and you figure 83 receptions this past season. Um, that's one of the things I, I think, you know, for, for him, if nothing else, he's going to be a guy who's going to come in on third down and, and be a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, so I, I think for that in and of itself, you know, understanding, you know, how to be able to do that. Um, you know, he could be a 
you know, a, a guy who could be taken on day three. Um, I would have loved to have seen him come back. I keep saying this, but another guy who could come back for his senior year and really show that he can be more of a complete running back. He's known as a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield. But can you do everything as a running back? And that's really you know something that I would have loved to have seen him display. Uh, David Long out of West Virginia, 5'11", 221 pounds, a guy who just plays well downhill. You know, I think he's got decent range, uh, sideline to sideline as well. Uh, over 100 tackles this past season, 19 and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks, four pass breakups. You know, a guy who you know just trusts his eyes. You know, there's not a whole lot of wasted movement. Just goes. You know, if there's a you know a, a seam and and he can fill it, whether it's you know rushing the quarterback or against the run, he's going to do that. He has the speed to get to get to the outside and trust his eyes, drop him back into coverage. Um, he's a guy who's a lot of fun to watch, and to me, I think he's he's really a should be a day two pick. DeAndre Furby, the running back out of Western Kentucky, 6'1", 230 pounds. This is another guy, you know, been been hampered by injuries. Um, shoulder and collarbone injury in, in 2016 on his first carry of the season, then a shoulder injury in 2018. Um, so he's not coming back for his, his senior year, um, the final year of eligibility. Um, you know, David Edwards, you know, 6'7", 315 pounds, um, you know, out of Wisconsin, 37 games played, 31 starts, um, you know, the, the converted tight end. To me, he's going to be a, a, a right tackle. You know, I don't think he can really hold up against, uh, you know, against the pass rush, um, you know, with the, with the speed off the edge, but really a guy who's going to get physical um, and really pushing um, off the edge. And that's really something that you're going to see quite a bit um, you know, out of, out of him is is just that that nastiness that that. But he's also a Wisconsin um, offensive lineman, so he plays with, uh, you know, as a good technician. The biggest issue for him because he is so tall is that pad level. You know, and he has to watch. You know, getting too high. You know, can he really sit down? Um, I think you know that athleticism, being a, a converted tight end, um, is really going to work well for him. I think he will be taken on day two. By the way. And then the last one is uh, Johanna Gaffon, uh, 6'4", 282 pounds. You know, if you heard me talk at the beginning of the season, I was really excited about this guy. Um, emerged as as one of the better players in Mountain West Conference. 69 tackles, 15 and a half for loss, 7 sacks. Played in just 8 games for uh, for the Cowboys. Um, production dropped off quite a bit. And then, uh, you know, in, in October, he was suspended indefinitely. Um... You know, they're after being accused, um, you know, class two false imprisonment, um, basically forcing himself on a, on a female housekeeping employee. That was the story. Um, so he was someone who was suspended for the remainder of the year and ultimately declared for the draft. Um, you know, ultimately received, a, you know, here's found something in the Colorado. Let's see, pleaded no contest and uh, received a deferred sentence in connection with the incident um, at the team's uh, Fort Collins Hotel. Um, you know, on the, the morning of the, the border war game against uh, Colorado State. So pleaded con- no contest to the, the misdemeanor harassment charge. Um, so big red flag for, for teams. I think he's going to have a hard time getting drafted. He's going to have to really uh, talk to... Um, talk to teams and really be able to to show that he's he's learned from from the mistakes um, but I think he's going to have a hard time getting drafted because of uh, you know the huge red flag so we've covered all of our 
underclassmen. Um, and, uh, you know, again, 135 underclassmen that declared for the draft, 103 of them forego it, their uh, eligibility, 32 fulfilled their requirements. And then there were another nine that uh, inquired about their draft status and uh, will be eligible for the draft as they're not coming back for their final season. So 144 um, total players that uh, made themselves available for the draft. So when you look at you know, really transitioning, you know, we went from the underclassmen to the senior bowl and uh, just wanted to spend a couple brief minutes here just talking about uh, really what you saw out of the, the senior bowl. You know, if we go position by position real quick, who really stood out and who uh, who's going to need some work. Um, and really the quarterback position, Drew Locke came in as the number one quarterback, and I thought that he did that, um, really solidified himself. Um, you know, a guy who still needs to work on some of his footwork, but definitely has the best arm of the bunch, a guy who showed that he can make the throws all over the football field. Um, you know, changing arm angles in the game, you know, you actually saw him throw an underhanded football. Um, you know, really someone, you know, who, uh, you know, former basketball player, um, you know, very intelligent player as well. You know, I thought that he helped himself. Jarrett Stidham was another one, you know, a guy who had a really poor 2018. And, uh, you know, I thought that he, you know, showed good velocity throwing the ball outside the numbers, but uh, lacked some touch overall with his game. But, you know, really showed a, a good command of the offense and that arm strength showed some skills that uh, teams are going to be able to uh, develop there as a, as a mid-round pick. Um, I thought Daniel Jones um, struggled a little bit, you know, from the the film that I or the practices that I got to got to watch on um, the NFL Network. Um, you know, you, you saw some inconsistency with his his accuracy. Um, I thought that the arm strength, you know, really you know wasn't there. You know, you saw him pushing the ball down the field for Duke, and you didn't really see as much velocity in that arm. Um, so I was a wor- little worried there about that. Um, he has a David Cutcliffe um, pedigree, but he was somebody for me, a 59% passer, you know, and all those interceptions, you know, I, if you recall, I was, I've been talking about him not being that, uh, that first round guy um, and wanted to see him come back for one more year. You know, I, I think he may be a second round pick. And if teams take him in the first round, you know, that's really going to be questionable at this point. Uh, Ryan Finley, you know, proved, you know, that, uh, you know, he's very smooth, uh, ball placement and, and the accuracy, but I just don't see him being a starter at the next level. I thought Will Greer got himself into a lot of trouble, um, you know, with a lot of erratic play, um, the gunslinger mentality, you know, especially in the, in the game kind of threw one ball up and, uh, you know, ultimately got bailed out by Hunter Renfro. Uh, Tyree Jackson, another guy who struggled with uh, consistency with his accuracy, um, you know, a sub 60% completion percentage, um, you know, guy and, you know, a real long delivery for a guy, six, seven, 245 pounds. Um, you know, Gardner Minshew, um, you know, is a guy who, you know, struggled a little bit with some of his accuracy as well. And, uh, you know, but, He's. I think if there's anyone, you know, from a moxie standpoint, he's the guy that team the team, you know, always seems to rally around and and really a lot of fun there, um, you know, the mustache and then Trace McSorley, you know, look six foot, two hundred three pounds, really struggle with with accuracy, um, you know, all over, you know, really just inconsistent play, and uh, not sure that he's going to get drafted at the next level. 
transition to the running backs. You know, I thought the running backs have stood out. Karan Higdon, you know, a guy who can run between the tackles, good vision. Um, Reichwell Armstead, the same thing. Um, Wes Hills, you know, he's he's a big-bodied running back. They're out of Slippery Rock, very physical running the football. Um, Darren Hall seems to be one of the more polished receivers, as is Tony Pollard. Um, you know, Dexter Williams, for me, you know, he, he's a guy who had excellent vision and uh, was able to see a lot of the cutback lanes. Not much of a receiver, though. Speaking of receivers, we get to the, the wide receiver position, and I'll tell you what, you know, there's the, that second tier of receivers, and they a lot of guys really, really made a lot of money for themselves and really stood out. You know, Terry McLaurin um, at, a, at Ohio State, um, you know, just consistently was winning over the top, you know, as a as a um, vertical threat, you know, really showed some polished routes. But uh, I think the award for the most polished route running had to have been Keelan Doss out of UC Davis. Um, set all kinds of records there for the Aggies. And, uh, you know, a guy who I think is going to be a mid-round pick. And, uh, you know, again, very polished receiver. Not going to be, uh, you know, a burner, but a, a guy who just knows how to get open, sets his rece- sets the, the, the DB's bat, you know, up very well. You know, will widen the route, you know, widen the defense and then cut back inside. Um, you know, caught everything, it seemed like, that was thrown his way as well. Um, he's someone, when I think of Cooper Cup, um, you know, a, a guy who just, you know, just made plays, um, maybe not be the fastest, but a, a guy who just made plays. I think Keelan Doss can be that type of guy. Andy Isabella showed, showed, um, you know, once he, he learned if you play in the slot, got to be a lot more decisive and, uh, you know, just hit the route. Um, but a guy who, you know, has the speed, um, to be a slot player at the next level, Penny Hart, he's only five, eight. So you really have to put a ball on him. But uh, one of the more dynamic guys, very sudden and has game-breaking speed over the top. Talked about Jacoby Myers, um, very physical as a blocker and a guy who can make plays, especially over the middle. I thought David Sills did a really good job tracking the ball during the practice. Uh, Hunter Renfro is a guy who's you know not going to be a one or a two. He's going to be a three or a four, but a guy who's going to be a possession receiver and will probably ha- you know play a long time at the next level. Um, you know, Tyree Brady, you know, is a, is a, and Gary Jennings, couple of receivers, um, you know, probably going to be a, you know, your third receiver, but a guy who can make some plays on the outside or in the slot. Uh, Debo Samuel, I thought was the best overall wide receiver there at the, at the senior bowl. Um, just a guy who was very sudden, you know, wins off the line of scrimmage can get vertical on you very sudden, um, you know, with his, his cuts. And I thought that was one of the things, you know, he's probably a guy who's going to be a lot more uh, quick than fast, but uh, that suddenness, you see it in his, his kick return ability, you know, and that's a lot of times, you know, the kick returners aren't necessarily going to be your burners because you're going to have to be able to make people miss in the open field. And that's exactly what Debo Samuel can do. Um, you know, I thought Anthony Johnson, you know, showed, you know, um, an ability to, um, you know, make the contesting catch on the outside. And uh, Travis Fulgham showed some athleticism as well. Um, so I, I thought a lot of the receivers looked looked, looked pretty solid overall. Tight end-wise, um, you know, Dax Raymond showed, some, showed off some blocking ability. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I thought Tommy Sweeney and uh, Drew Sample um, looked, looked pretty solid as well, catching the football. Um you know, and uh, really want to see what they can do as, as blockers. 
if you move to the interior and you're talking about the the offensive line, um, you know one of the guys that really impressed, you know, as, as a USC fan, you really didn't appreciate Chuma Adoga as much as you should have. Um, you know, there's three pressures given up as a as a senior, six four, two hundred ninety five pounds. The footwork, the hands, um, you know, I, I thought were really impressive. Uh, Dalton Reisner is just a model of consistency. Um, 6'5", 308 pounds. I thought that he was going to do the Cody Whitehair move inside. And uh, I think after you know what he showed at the... Um, at the Senior Bowl, I think he may actually be a guy who can who can line up at tackle. Uh, Caleb McGarry um, is a big guy, uh, 6'8", 324 pounds. Um, won a lot of his one-on-one matchups and really just kind of mauled guys and just throwing people around. But, uh, you know, showed some decent feet. But uh, when it came to the game, I thought that, you know, he, he was susceptible to getting beat by, by the speed off the edge. Um, to me, I think he's going to be a right tackle but a guy who I think could, could play a long time at the next level. And then Max Sharping, um, you know, 6'6", six, 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 320 pounds, North, uh, Northern Illinois. He's given up just one sack um, in the last three seasons. Um, you know, not the most athletically gifted guy. You know, and someone who may move inside to guard, but, uh, you know, someone who, you know, had the ability, was always pushing his guy away from the pocket and just did whatever he could to make sure that his quarterback was staying upright. Um, I thought the best tackle there was was Andre Dillard, uh, the best uh, pass protector, just a guy who just seemed to be very patient, a guy who just sits down, um, effortless kick slide, and a guy who can mirror and, and ride his man away from the pocket. Uh, Dennis Daly, I thought, was inconsistent in South Carolina. Um, you know, Titus Howard, you know, at Alabama State, I thought he had a good week. Um, 6'6", 311 pounds, excellent hands, decent feet. Um, he's a guy who could end up moving into the in, in the day two conversation. Um, at guard, uh, the OU tag, uh, guards, Drew Samia, Ben Powers, showed to, uh, that they were very physical. Uh, B.J. Autry from J- uh, Jacksonville State, 6'5", 340 pounds. I mean, this guy was like a fire hydrant in there. Um, they were just very physical. Um, you know, I, I thought uh, Chris Lindstrom showed off his athleticism but I thought that he was able to to get pushed off the ball and get pushed back. Um, I thought Michael Dieter uh, really helped himself, showed that he can be very physical at the point of attack. Bo Benshaw, um, you know, when he, he didn't lose leverage, I think his pad level would get too high at times. When he stays down and, and, and is stout, you know, I, you know, at the uh, with a good base, you know, that's where he's he's gonna win, and uh, he's gonna maul you to death. Um, and then Nate Davis, you know, he, he, you know, when you talk about guys getting low off the ball, he's very low off the ball. And, uh, you know, that allows him to really snap into, uh, into the defensive line. And I thought he did really well. Um, you know, Garrett Bradbury, Eric McCoy at center. I thought they both stood out pretty well. Um, on the offensive side, I thought they really outplayed Elshin Jenkins and, and Rosh Pierschbacher on the uh, opposite side. You know, if you're talking about defensive ends, um, you know Montez Sweat absolutely coming off the edge was was the guy. You know, abs- uh, you know, excellent length, a guy who could set the edge against the run as well. I thought O'Shane Ziminis um, showed a good burst coming off the line. Not the biggest guy, um, but someone who I thought could get off the line. Um, Jalen Ferguson very physical, um, but I didn't think he had the week that I think everyone was expecting him to have. Uh, Carl Granderson, more of a later round guy out of Wyoming. Um, very good hand usage. 
Um, you know, I thought that was something that stood out. LJ Collier at, at a TCU, a guy who very explosive, really a high twitch guy, and uh, you know, made some made some plays there for TCU. I thought Charles Amena, who was one of the best uh, defensive ends, just so active, uses the you know a good. Um, quick first step, very physical at the point of attack as well. Can you know that speed to power uses his hands to get off blocks and uh, you know can make plays behind the line of scrimmage. Zach Allen, we gotta figure out what type of position he's gonna play. Is he gonna play inside? Is he gonna play outside? Um, I think he'll end up being a five technique in a, in a three four though. You know I, that's honestly where I see him playing six five, two hundred eighty five pounds. Um, I, I I see him. I think Aaron Aaron Smith, um, you know, playing for the Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Steelers is really what I see there. Uh, defensive tackle, the guy that stood out to me was Kalen Saunders. You know, um, became a father um, while he was there at the Senior Bowl. 6'2", 310 pounds out of Western Illinois. Guy who can uh, do a backflip and did so at, at, at practice. Um, but just a guy who I thought was low off the ball and, and really driving into guys off the, you know, off the snap. Um, very physical at the point of attack. Uh, much like Dalen Mack. You know, 6'1", 320 pounds, um, really stout, and uh, you know, using that power to drive guys back into the backfield. And then Greg Gaines is a guy. You know, he's he's quick for a guy his size. Um, you know, six two and almost three twenty, um, can make some plays behind the line of scrimmage, and just always seems to to keep that motor running. Um, an outside linebacker, um, Drew Cranquil, I think showed you know showed the ability to drop back into coverage. Uh, Bo Banagu rushing off the edge. Um, you know, Terrell Hanks, though, I thought was a guy who really helped himself, you know, struggles a little bit in coverage, still a little new to that role, but a guy who just, you know, has sideline to sideline ability and, uh, someone who I think could end up, you know, make him, um, you know, a, a starting spot, uh, his home within a couple of years, um, inside linebacker, you know, there, the guy that impressed me was David Long. He just seemed to be all over the field making plays, um, you know, whether it was sideline to sideline, you know, or or coming downhill both against the run in the past, you know, affecting the quarterback and uh, you know wrapping up the running back, I thought he really had a good week. Cornerback uh, wise, um, you know, I thought Rock Yassin definitely helped himself. You know, a guy who you know attacks the football in the air, um, really understands. Um, you know, he he has this the spin, um, the speed turn. Uh, of his and able to get in there and and uh, you know especially on those those in breaking routes able to get himself around and make a play on the football. Lonnie Johnson, six three, two hundred six pounds, a very long corner. Um, you know, didn't see as much stiffness as I was going to expect out of him. Uh, Corey Ballantyne out of Washburn, six foot, two hundred four pounds, really battled all all uh, um, all week long. Uh, Imam Marshall. You know, six one two zero five, very handsy cornerback all season long. But here, here's the thing for him: when he's allowed to just turn and, and run with with a a corner, and uh, you know, really you know, play play bump and run. You know, I think he's more of a um, of a press corner than than an off um, than playing off coverage. But he's able to open up and, and play the guy to the you know down the sideline. Really kind of get over the top of the route. Um, looks looks back for the football and really kind of you know pins that that receiver to the to the sideline. That's when he's at his best. You know if you've got him, um, you know driving driving off the off the football or anything like that, not in in uh, off coverage. That's where he's going to get a lot more handsy. That's where you have to really watch him. 
Um, you know, Chris Boyd, you know, three penalties in the first drive. You know, he's someone, again, you know, very handsy, needs to stop doing that. Uh, Jimmy Moreland um, out of James Madison didn't really do a whole lot. You know, he was someone who was, you know, was called up for the game. Um, but look, you know, 45 pass breakups, 18 interceptions. Jimmy Moreland will not only make an NFL roster, but he's going to end up starting because he knows how to make plays on the football. Mark my word. Um, safeties. Uh, Jonathan Abram, I really wanted to see what this guy could do in coverage. We're going to probably have to wait for the combine for that. Juan Thornhill, um, you know, dropped a bunch of balls. Um, you know, I thought Mike Edwards did a decent job in coverage. Um, you know, Jaquan Johnson um, showed the ability to play both the run and the pass. You know, I, I thought that uh, he definitely helped himself. I had just moved him out of my top 10 at a safety position, and, and I'm going to have to move him back. Eight career interceptions for him. I thought Nasir Adderley looked very smooth. Um, you know, I thought Marquise Blair, you know, I didn't know, you know, didn't really, uh, you know, track him too much at Utah throughout the season, but 6'2", 195 pounds, and went back and watched some of the games, and uh, just very, uh, you know, long, um, a, a guy who um, knows how to make a play on the football. Um, you know, Will Harris is another one, 6'2", 210 pounds, um, a guy who can come down into the box, and a guy who, um, you know, isn't really going to get beaten over the top. And then finally, Darnell Savage, you know, 5'11", 200 pounds out of Maryland, a guy who I thought, you know, played pretty solid as well at the safety position. So that, in a nutshell, was, you know, my observations, you know, from the, the, the Senior Bowl, you know, obviously a little bit limited, you know, with just kind of going off of what I was able to watch, you know, there at, uh, you know, on, on the NFL Network and during the game. Um, but uh, definitely some guys I thought helped themselves. Some other guys just really left some question marks as well. Um, you know, but uh, th- that's one of the things that, uh, you know, the Senior Bowl is there for is to be able to evaluate the talent. And I think, you know, you're really going to see the cream rise to the top. And, uh, you know, now I'm able to go ahead and put together my first mock draft. Excited to be able to do that, be able to put that together here in the next week or two. Uh, we've got a whole month before the the actual combine and then we'll be talking about uh you know the combine the individual workouts the pro days and uh you know getting ready for that draft there on april 25th um so you know we'll probably set it for you know another couple of weeks for our next podcast just so that we can go ahead and get that uh, first round put together that first mock draft start talking about uh, some of the team needs and where some of these guys um, we think we can go there in the first round. Want to be able to try to get a, a uh, you know, uh, you know, mock the first two rounds, possibly even the first three rounds here in uh, the next month or so, um, and then really, you know, when we hit the combine, you know, really want to do, uh, you know, take a look at who's been invited to the combine, who the combine snubs are, and then. Uh, you know, after that, really dive into the results of the combine, what that really tells us, and uh, what to watch out for when uh, everybody's hitting their pro days. So, uh, hope everyone's enjoyed the ride uh, thus far here in the pre-draft process. I sure have. Um, you know, really being able to break down some of these underclassmen for you. Um, like I said, we've got about a month for before the the combine, and that's really where we you know we get to see these guys. Um, start to showcase some of their ability. That's where guys really start to, to separate themselves. Individual workouts, pro days um, after that as well. Um, so we're going to have a lot of work to do over the next couple of months, but I hope that uh, you stay 
stay here with me throughout uh, throughout this journey. Um, you know, every couple of weeks, I'll make sure that I'm checking in with you up until uh, we get to the combine, and then after that, I'll make sure to get my mock drafts out there, get the website updated, and uh, you know, really stay on top of things here as we head towards the draft. So, uh, hope everyone has an amazing week. Um, and we've got the Super Bowl coming up here on uh, February 3rd. Really excited to see that. Um, you know, the Rams and the Patriots, you know, Tom Brady, Jared Goff, Bill Belichick, Sean McVay, kind of the old guard and the new guard. Really going to be interesting to uh, to see what that matchup holds. Uh, you know, Todd Gurley, you know, out of the backfield. Uh, you know, C.J. Anderson uh, as, as the backup. Um, you know, it's really going to make things interesting. So, um, hope everyone enjoyed, uh, enjoyed episode 18 and, uh, we'll talk soon, uh, for readyforthedraft.com and, uh, the ready for the draft podcast. This is Greg Schutz. Whether you're listening on, uh, Apple iTunes, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, or any of the other, uh, podcast providers, you know, I do appreciate the time. And uh, enjoy your week, everyone. Until then, I am out of here. Take care.